right, welcome to uh, the first edition of Forces of Nature. Uh, Forces of Nature is sponsored by uh, Richardson's Handy. Richardson's Handy is a handyman service doing all your small home improvement projects from the Hampton Roads as, uh, and Richmond area. And, uh, you know, Half Hammer will travel. There's uh, it's our Will Richardson. His, uh, give him a call, 804-591-8821. And uh, Will's your guy to, to come out. Also sponsored by our uh, uh, Jill Dalton, uh, concierge vacation planner for story, Storybook World Travel. Uh, find her on Facebook at uh, Jill Dalton, concierge vacation planner. She'll handle all your Disney and, uh, and uh, Universal Studios. And uh, she even does uh, all the Disney resorts all over the world as well as uh, custom vacations for Hawaii and most of the time her services are free so uh, her services are paid by the uh, the hotels and, and and amusement parks and you get uh, you get the benefit of her all her knowledge and years of travel experience so uh, today we have uh, both our engineer Producer and first guest on Forces of Nature. <laughs> We've uh, and it'll probably be the only episode where we'll uh, we'll we'll tell you uh, his name. But this is uh, Will Richardson, as well as uh, Bucky the Sonar Man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Uh, hell, if I if I'd be uh, complaining, I'd be lying. <laughs> Well, you look good. Well, you know, uh, there was there a time that it wasn't such a good thing. So, um, <laughs> so we were just talking. I handed, um, I, I found some uh, a a piece on the uh, on the on the chest next to the desk, and I handed it over to you. And you're like, "What's that?" So I grabbed my CZ P10F. Uh, <laughs> and handed it over and Tim Allen play that's the yeah sound. that's the sound right there so you said <clears throat> something about your uh, you, you, what do you have uh, I have a uh, and is IWI Israeli weapons industry Masada nine millimeter and uh, her name is Ruth and she is a wonderful wonderful lady and. Uh, I know I talk to her like she's a person because I just love her so much. <laughs> and where'd you get the name Ruth? Well, I well it was a good uh, it's an Old Testament, the Book of Ruth, and uh, as we know, the Old Testament is more Jewish oriented. And being that the gun was made in uh, Israel, it needed a good Jewish name, and and Ruth just kind of popped in. She told me her name. I didn't give her a name. She told me. <laughs> So mine's checkmate. See, I mean, do, are there any famous checks besides that? I mean, I know some poles, but well, you know, there's there's a few. You have to go through like the hockey ranks to find a good uh, good oh, checkmate. You know, think about hockey. Yes. I always just think about the you check know, like, being in the mail, like Pavel or something like that. But you know, Pavel, uh, I with me though, it's a girl. You know, it's like I name my cars after girls, ships are named after girls, weapons should be named after girls because you know what? You piss a woman off. Everybody's fucked. Yeah, and most <laughs> most Czech girls around here, Eastern European women, are uh, are waitresses 
for uh, trying to find a husband. So. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true, especially during tourist season, you know, because you know tourist season comes around, they import, you know, the students, and uh, <laughs> and who knows, who knows what they're up to. I think they just come here, make money that more than they can make at home, yeah, and then go back, you know, live the rest of the year off of what they made here in the summer, which is freaking phenomenal. Which is kind of like, sure, why not? You know, well, we you used to have it. them. Come to Bush Garden or come come to work at Bush Gardens. They quit after the first week and then come to work as hostesses, right? At because, a restaurant. Yeah, they get their their sponsorship or whatever is to have to work at Bush Gardens. And they're like, all right, well, I can make eight dollars an hour or go work at a restaurant and make thirty dollars an hour. Eight dollars. That's like a sweatshop. Well, it is the minimum wage. It yeah. You know, yeah, I'm sure that Bush Gardens pays a little bit more. But, you know, I don't even know, nor, you know, but it's not supposed to be something that you retire on. It's the stepping stone to other things. I see. I don't want to get into. Yeah, well, we could. Get, we could. I mean, <laughs> there is that. But. We've got the, the new $15 minimum wage going on. Yeah. Well, you know, then then, then there's going to be, you know, an increase in their your unemployment. And, and anybody that says, you know, increasing the minimum wage is something that can be, uh, um, it's the can be oh a good idea we got coasters uh, right here well i know but uh, i can hear all the clinking and everything else going on when you pick it up and so you need the the pillow look at that see the the engineer the engineer (laughs) and the only clinking you really should hear is you know so (laughs) it sounds nice but it sounds so nice So um, here's here's my question to you, there, Mister. Since oh. this is your show, uh, what uh, what what made you want to reach out to me and have you know start this? Because I mean, this is fantastic. I think it'd be a it's a wonderful thing. There's so much out there that can be brought out in people to where somebody out there listening go, oh wow, that's a pretty good idea, or huh, I didn't think of it that way, or whoa, okay, or man, you know what, that's crap. You know, so it, it, it can be like something that could be a weeding out of, mm-hmm. you know, ideas of what works for one person is different than the other, you know. So what was your, like, you know, brainchild behind all of this? So Where, Why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? That's actually the question that we're, that's why we're here is, the question is why are we here? Um In 2019, I was diagnosed with uh, acute lymphoblastic lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, it's a rare cancer, and uh, the survival rate's not too much. Thankfully, I was in great shape, except for the fact that I smoked and drank way too much. <laughs> but so, so my liver and lungs were well behind the rest of my body because I was for 46 years old, I was in phenomenal shape. Yeah, I was, I was benching, uh, what, what's that? 225, 225, two, yeah. two plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had two, two plates, 225. And I weighed, uh, anywhere between depending on the day, 175 to 180. So I was, I was out there. I was, I was killing it. I was, uh, doing you know my legs weren't as uh, you know i skipped leg day a few days but uh, for the most part (laughs) i was in good shape cardio every day Mm -hmm. um killing it and that's 
that's why I think I'm still here is I, I had spent years building up and putting gas, filling up the gas tank, mm-hmm. filling up that fuel because, uh, after the diagnosis, it was you know, the, the abuse that my body took between the surgeries and the biopsies and then the, the months and months and months of chemotherapy. And then on top of that, the bone marrow transplant. And then uh, just recently, pneumonia. I mean, it's taken every bit of gas out of my tank. Yeah. But um, thankfully, I've been in remission since uh, January. Officially, it was late December of 2019. Uh, I call it January 2020. Yeah. So we're looking at 13 months of remission. Um, That's fantastic. And you got all your hair back. And I have my hair back finally. Yeah, this is my. You, have, my, you were rocking that powder look for a while. I had to, <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it. I actually almost went back to it a couple weeks or last week, and Jill said, "Absolutely not." She's had to deal with it, but I've I looked at it as uh, you have a head for a bald hair. You have a bald head head shape. You know, I look like a Lego person. You know, if I shave my, I did in boot camp. You know, I have to shave your head. I yeah, look like a Lego it. person, but you have the head for. I never did, though. That's the weird thing, is I shaved my head a couple times before. There was once, uh, I don't remember the reason the first time, but the second time, I was running 2nd Street down in Hampton. Okay. And we had uh, the Halloween party. Uh And the uh, Fine Swiss Cheese was was the band. Nice. And Fine Swiss Cheese decided they were going to come, all of them, the entire band, dressed as Austin Powers. So I had to MC the night so being the Dr. manager. Evil. I came as Dr. Evil. Yes. So I shaved my head, walked in the front door of the restaurant, and everybody, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> little pinky to the mouth. Uh-huh. And, you know, my, my wait staff freaked out. The band thought it was the most amazing thing. And it really, it, it worked out and made the night. But, uh, yeah, I had moles all over my head, and I had plenty of people tell me that I didn't have the head for it. So when my hair started falling out in uh, August of 2019 because of the chemo, it uh, I was I made the best of it, but I didn't know how I was going to look. But that's mm. a, that's a funny story actually. Is I'd been in chemo for treatment for a month. I just got out of the hospital. I got home. I was standing out front. Because uh, I was still working. So I was standing out front talking on the phone to uh, my buddy who's head of military sales for our company. And and we, we, we go way back and we were, we, were sh- we were shooting the shit. And I reached up and itched the side of my head, my temple, right forward, directly forward of my ear. And I itched. And I kind of, it, it felt funny. So I grabbed some hair just to, and, you know, to pull it. It's kind of to itch scratched the itch and it came out yeah so then i i i tried it two more times and my hair was coming out i was pulling it out yeah so i told brian i said i gotta get off the phone i'll call you back ran in the house ran upstairs my kids rooms were right across from each other knocked on both doors at the same time i was like hey kids come here come here come here and 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 both kids ran out the room they're like daddy what 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 and I looked him square in the eye, and I took both hands, and I grabbed two handfuls of my hair and just pulled it out in front of him and showed it to him. 
<laughs> and that laugh that you're doing right now, that's what I did for about a half hour. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went downstairs and shaved my head. So I have some pictures. I'll put it up on the website, uh, uh, tuck, uh, www.tucktuckstudios.com, all, all one word. Uh, it'll be up there uh, eventually on the website. I'll put some pictures of, uh, of before. I, I might have some before. That, uh, but definitely the right after the shave pictures. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, but here's the thing, and 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 when you're telling me that story, and this is the first I've heard this story. Mm-hmm. A lot of where I mean, how did you not like fall apart? You know, a lot of people are like, "Holy crap!" You know, cancer, this, and and you have this this rare child cancer at 45 years old, <laughs> and uh, and then you just you just made a joke out of it, you know. Hey, kids, check this shit out. Brr, rip my hair out. You know, all those people are like, oh, my God, my hair's my You know, but you're, it, it's that attitude, you know. It's that positive attitude, and, and, and that had to help. Oh, there's nothing. And you, you can give up or you can keep going. Um, it's hard to keep going unless you have something to look forward to. Uh, there's... There's a story by, uh, there's a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And there's a story in that book uh, uh, it's, it, that the author tells. He was a, he's a, a psychologist that was, ended up in Auschwitz. And so he was, he was a doctor in a concentration camp at, and a prisoner at the same time. And the prisoners, if they did something right, could uh, earn chits every day. And they'd get these chits, and they could trade that chit for uh, six bowls of soup for the evening. So they could provide themselves and five of their friends mm-hmm. a hot meal that evening, which is absolutely priceless. Which, uh, it, it kind of, if you think about it, it symbolizes, hey, we're all going to eat. We're going to nourish ourselves after a long day. We have to get ready for tomorrow. Yeah. Because we're still here. We're still in the fight. We're still, um, we're not giving up. Right. Or you could trade your chit for one cigarette. And he said that he knew, and everybody knew when somebody had given up. When they traded for a cigarette. When you walked back to the shack that night, and they were standing outside smoking a cigarette. Huh. So I never want to be the guy that's that that smokes the cigarette. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll buy that suit because it's the people around me, it's 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 my friends the the friends that I I never would imagine the people came out of the woodwork the support network that everybody around me my wife my children and all my friends those those five other bowls of soup that kept me going there was unbelievable i'm unbelievably fortunate to have that support um my my wife my kids never wanted for anything during all of this um my everybody my friends stepped i'd wake up in the hospital for five minutes and there'd be somebody i hadn't seen in years and then i'd fall back to sleep and it's my wife had she she couldn't be there for it for some moment and she had made i didn't know it till way 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 later on months, months, months later, that she had reached out to everybody and made a schedule of people just to come by and sit just in case I woke up and she didn't want me to be by myself. Yeah. 
So it's the it's I, I have no choice be, to, but to keep going because there's so many people around me that are that want me to keep going. Sure. So I I'm not gonna light that cigarette. Never will. Right. Um, but I mean, it's it's not all. But not everybody thinks like that either. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's the one thing that that I think you, uh, if anybody out there is is wondering about stuff like that, mm-hmm. you have to understand. And and I had to take it with my own challenges as well. That you know, just because I overcame mine as you overcame yours, that doesn't mean the next person is going to do it as quickly. You know, mm-hmm. we all kind of deal with these things differently. You know, some people may go and get the soup and then turn around and for a week or two get a cigarette and then realize that that doesn't mean it's the end you could put it out and go back and get your soup yeah. the next day you know yeah <clears throat> it is the you may be you know you can fall down but you're not allowed to stay there and unpack yeah and live there you know and and that's that's the thing and, and yeah you may want to sit down for a while and as you fall you may want to sit down for a bit and that's fine you know you need to if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. But, mm-hmm. just, you know, <clears throat> I understood that in an early on in my recovery part of being, you know, a, a stark raving drunk for a while. You were good at it. I was really good at it. Oh, you my were God. professional. I oh, even everything I, that I wanted to do. When I got arrested, the cop was like, holy crap, dude, you drink a lot, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really did. Um, you know... <laughs> That didn't remind me to tell you that I was telling Joey this story. Yeah, but um, but it, there it, it wasn't easy, and I was down there, and and it was dark and it was nasty. But I made my that completely uncomfortable situation quite comfortable. I had you know I had actually molded my entire life around that part, that addiction part. You know that's when it became to it just became my life. You figured out how to. I figured out how to function. Function not well. It wasn't even function, but I mean, there is functioning going on. I mean, mm-hmm. the the term functioning alcoholic is still an alcoholic. I mean, but yeah, you're looking when, at one. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you, you carry it well. I still don't. I, you know, I, I don't <laughs> drink, but you know, once in a blue moon. But I still, I know this. Well, and, and <laughs> see that I wasn't aware. You know, I was, I was, you guys, uh, Joey and, and, uh, you know, quite a few other people that were working the iron, uh, iron Doug of all people, (laughs) um, they were working behind the scenes to keep me from, to, to pick me up, you know, my sister, my family. Yeah. Um, there was like this, this, you know, behind the scenes conglomeration of people that were trying to get me help that I didn't even know what was going on. You know, it was it was John, Joey, Brian, my sister, my brothers, um, everybody working together. How the hell they got in touch with each other, I have no idea. Nor do I care. I just think it's phenomenal that that happened. It shocked the hell out of me when I heard about it. I'm like, oh no, he's just he's just a drunk like the rest of us. Like, uh, no, 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 he's better. It was <laughs> it was I, I was I was much better drunk than you are. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. It's I, I, yeah, man. But yeah, but I didn't realize that I was down. That's the whole mm-hmm. thing. And and I think what happens is, you know, the difference between when you were down, you realize what was going on, you were were battling through it, knowing that 
this is just this is just a phase of of my life that I have to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, with me, I thought it was my life. I'm like, this is it. This is what this is my life. Here, there, bounce here, bounce there, whatever, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and holy crap, was I wrong? That was the thing. I was wrong, just completely wrong. There was something, you know, probably should have died a couple times. Um, the amount of booze I had in my blood system at all times. Mm-hmm. Not kidding. Not kidding. I don't think I was ever below a, a, a you know, a point one oh. You uh, are happy when we see you on day bar bartending. Yeah. Yeah. That was the beginning. I mean, I had already, I was buzzing. Yeah. I already had a buzz going. You know, shots with him. Yeah. I was the original day drinker. Now with all this COVID thing, everybody has to be a day drinker. So I consider myself a trailblazer. Well, yeah, you definitely will <laughs> we'll work on the statue because they're, they're sure tearing statues to, you know. down. Now we'll put one up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but being down there, uh, it realized of all the things that I was missing, and it, it didn't come to the fruition until the other side. Till you get to the other side, you're spinning your wheels. I mean, year after year after year, is everything's the same and there's no moving forward. There's no moving forward. Everybody yeah, else is. Just that that's like I was saying earlier when we were sitting here kind mm-hmm. of talking about what we want to talk about. I was just in that that plane holding pattern waiting to land and um, not knowing what I would do when I land. And I think that was the thing. I wanted to be in that holding pattern because I didn't know what I wanted to do. That's the and, and when and that that's the that's the whole point is trying to figure out what what to do, because we all we all are, or most of us are doing what we what we have to do to get by. You you always have to do that. I mean, that's the but one thing. You, yeah, but can you do what you if you find what you love to do? Here's the thing, and and and, and I was, um, and it took me a long time. And actually, it was it was an an old friend who told me this that. Uh, you have to do what you have to do at all times. And mm-hmm. you have to do what you have to do until you're able to do what you want to do. I like it. And that's just the thing. And you don't know what you want to do. And you may not know that yet. But you always have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be bills. There's always You always have to eat. Mm-hmm. You have to com- complete your, your, your security, your financial security, your, your actual security, you know, with the... You know, not not necessarily that, but the security of, I feel okay. You know, I feel like I have a house to go to. I got food in my belly. I've got, you know. It's the different levels of. It's the different levels yeah. of. And, 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 I don't and know what it's called. I, we'll, we'll figure it you out. Know what you know. But there's different levels. of. And so first of all, when you're down like that, you don't have your security. Mm-hmm. You don't have that ability to do what you have to do you think that you you got to do what you want to do so you don't do anything else until Mm -hmm. you do what you want to do so i had to figure out what i want to do so i could do it so i'm in that holding pattern of just doing it wasn't even necessarily doing what i have to do to be able to do what i want to do i was just doing a routine or a rut you know everybody's saying oh i'm stuck in a rut yeah it's okay to be stuck in that rut as long as you keep the wheels turning in your head going, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do next? I can't stay here. This is not happening. This is not going. This is not the way that I'm supposed to be. 
I'm mm -hmm. not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I'm not doing what I have to do. Yeah. I'm just doing, you know, and as long as you, if you're just in there doing, then that's really not the, the life. That's not living. You know, I mean, are you going to live? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course you're going to live. You know, you're going to live for the sake of the fact that you're breathing and walking and talking. You know, if that's what you want to do. More power to you, man. But that ain't me, you mm -hmm. know. And it wasn't me. And that's kind of why I kind of got that downward spiral started. Um, I was in the Navy doing submarine stuff. And it was awesome. And it was fantastic. Went to <laughs> all these different countries. And I still talk to those guys daily. Um, and this is 20 years ago. You know, I got out in 98, you know. And I still talk to these guys like we were still stationed on the boat together. And they're fantastic guys. And um, <clears throat> the... Do you wish you stayed in? I do. I do wish I stayed in, but I understood, I understand now why I got out. You know, was married at the time. Not very, you know, she's like, you know. Can't regret. You can't so, regret. But can't. you can always look at that and go, okay. And then as long as you're, learn leave it. it. As long as you learn from it and leave it in there. And leave it. Yeah. yeah. And you got to leave it. You learn yeah. from it. Say, you know what? Can't do shoulda, coulda, woulda. You can do that for 20 minutes. You know, uh, and, and that's about it. Because other than that, if you don't do that, it becomes detrimental. That's where that's where the shoulda, coulda, woulda is. That's where the I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, ask. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, that's what I couldn't understand. Shoulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? I should have done this. I should have done that. And in the meantime, I'm going through all this and I'm not doing anything else. Yep. So what did I do? boozing it just boozing it trying to not to think like that well what i should have done should have could have would have is ask mm -hmm. but somehow we've gotten to the point in this day and age that asking for help is just and for some reason it seems to be a sign of weakness and that's just not the case actually for help is actually a sign of strength because mm -hmm. when you understand your shortcoming your weaknesses and if you understand that, you can actually make it to where it becomes one of your biggest strengths. Because when you ask for help, you're learning something new. Mm -hmm. Because you and I, sitting here, drinking our coffee, we don't have all the answers. Nobody has all of the answers. The whole point of this is to find answers. But to find the answers. So that's why our next guest is going to have different answers to different things. Yep. And, and, and so we, we just keep trucking along. We just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. How you move forward is completely up to you. And the pace that you move forward is completely up to you. So don't think because, and I, it took me a minute, trust me. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, why, you know, because I do drug and alcohol counseling. And, and, and I'm like, why aren't you getting it, you know, at the, in the beginning? Yeah. You know, and then my brother's like, dude, time out, man. <laughs> Nobody's going to get it as quickly as you did, you know. You got it pretty quick, you know. You got the, and, but when I, when, when I stopped drinking, were your brothers involved in that too? <laughs> so here's the story of a man named Brady. And uh, <laughs> so I, um, I finally, one of my friends says, you know what? You need help. I'm living with him. And I, I find out that, you know, I, I'm just, there's something, something's got to do something. Some, something's got to go. Who is Some, this? Parson. Okay. And um, so I was like, something's got to give. I didn't know what to do. So I didn't know you were living with Brian. Yeah. Wow. 
So, I mean, it wasn't bad. No, you know? no, no. But yeah, I was living there, I was, I no you know, idea. working two, two jobs that fed my, my alcoholism, you know, restaurants. Yeah. Ta-da. Um, and, um, but, it, you know, I got there and, and at some point, uh, and, and I, I just chalked this up to the Lord giving me the sign going, get up. Yeah. Because I'm sitting on this deck and I'm smoking a cigarette and I'm drinking beer. And I look at the recycle bin, and it's just full of Bud Light cans. And I'm like, damn, that's a that. lot of Bud that's Light. That's a lot of Bud Light in there. <clears throat> I was like, man, it's been a hell of a week. And then it really dawned on me that, uh, uh-uh, that wasn't a hell of a week. Those recycling, you know, talk, you know what I'm talking about, the green ones, you know, the yeah. green recycle bins. Yeah. And, uh, well, the recycle was picked up like two days before that. And I had already filled it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. You know, Brian didn't like drink beer. Tuesday morning or yeah. something. You know, it was, yeah, exactly. It was like, it was like, it was, a, I think, a Wednesday night. Um, it's so, Tuesday morning was recycling. So if it was a Wednesday night, you yeah, it was something like, it was like, it, it was literally a couple days. And I'm like, son of a gun. Mm-hmm. And it just, it lit up like a cauldron. You know, it's like, in, you know, something out of an Indiana Jones movie. You know, I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. And I started to think, you know, me being the, alcoholic is like, ah, it can't be all that bad. You know, it can't yeah. be all me or whatever. And I started to think, and I was like, well, Brian doesn't drink beer. Yeah. Rum and diet. Yeah. You know, that's his thing. And when he does, when he does, right. He just yeah. doesn't drink. He usually just, you know, his wife didn't drink beer. He was married at the time. His wife didn't drink beer. Mm-hmm. He drank glass wine here and there, you know, with his the teenage stepdaughter, probably a couple, you know, Sneaking here when and there, as, you know, teenagers do. Yeah. Uh, but that was all me, man. And I was like, bollocks. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's, that's a lot of cash. I mean, that's, no, you, you yeah, were, it was. And a lot of case calories. Of, case. Oh yeah. I had the, the, the big old, everyone calls it the dad bod, you know, but yeah. you know, it's the, I drink too much beer bod. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fast forward two days and um back out on the porch smoking a cigarette drinking a beer <laughs> not getting so me. so so we we're starting to realize but we haven't uh there is the the seed had been planted so to speak i and, hear you uh, knocking but you can't you can't, you can't you, come you in you can't come in you can't come in gross <laughs> point blank <laughs> exactly you can't you come can't in. come in <laughs> So yeah, so the 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 enlightenment period hadn't hadn't reached the front door yet. It was knocking there, but it hasn't come in. So mm-hmm. uh, back out on the porch, you know, drinking beer, smoking a cigarette, just doing, not doing anything, just doing. Sure. Work, drink, home, sleep, rinse, wash, repeat. There's nothing. No, nothing no, else. No moving forward. No, no moving forward. It, it could have. It could have went on for twenty more years easily. Yeah. But. Some people started saying, you got to go. You know, Brian was moving out of that house. You know, he had his stepkids. He's two moving three, on. But he's moving on. He's like, I'm going back to my, my condo mm-hmm. with the kids. And, and, oh, and this you was ain't the coming. house over in Ford's Colony. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, that was a nice digs. you ain't coming. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, well, son of a bitch. But I like living on the golf course. But this is great, you know. <laughs> um, you know, prior to that. You know, John Rockwood was like, you got to go, man. So here it is. Two of my closest friends in the world are like, 
Oh, get... you were living with Boston John too? Yeah, before that, know. and then from there to Parson, and then I had no idea. I was like, wow, I got it. All right, so here's what am I gonna do? So I yeah. started like concocting this this gravitas story of whatever I can do, and I don't even remember what the hell it was, <laughs> <clears throat> but it sounded good to me. Um, you convinced yourself of anything? I uh, well, yeah, because I wanted to feed the addiction. Yeah. And as long as I fed my addiction, then that was that was pretty much a good idea. Anything was a good idea as long as I got to keep drinking. I can understand that. <clears throat> well, then, as I'm concocting this idea, and I'm in the bathroom, I wash my face or whatever, and I look in the mirror, and again, back to the old, uh, you know, Indiana Jones God moment, and this is really you know, exactly what it was because we all have this persona of what we look like, you know. We are a reflection of what we think we look like. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get the glimpse of what you actually look like. You look great. And well, now I look great. Thank <laughs> you very much. But then I look like death. You didn't look great. Did not look great. Pasty white, you know, just kind of sweaty at all times. <laughs> you're, you're describing me. Stop. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I look in the mirror, and what's looking back at me? Was not me. You're like fuck this guy. I not even that. Who yeah. was that guy? Mm-hmm. What a, and and it was it was bad, and there was kind of a. Sh- I was not grinning, but was looking back at me was grinning. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what you look like, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, don't you look great? And I'm like, oh, and you are shit hot. You are shit freaking hot, buddy. <laughs> Damn, ain't you a sexy beast? You know, no, no, not even a little bit. You're a so, handsome devil, aren't you? Yeah, devil. That's about the right words. <laughs> <clears throat> he always say he just kicked the angel off the other shoulder and just told me to keep doing all this bullshit. And um, so, and then that was, that was that moment. That was that, that was, was it. That was it. And so in that '80s decorated downstairs bathroom at the Parsons, the, the Parsons project. The Parsons project, exactly right. <laughs> the Brian Parsons project. And, um, so that was, that was the moment that was the, and then for some reason, all these other things that I didn't think were a big deal Mm -hmm. started to, to mount and, and all those flood of memories was like, you know, somebody just did the, 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 I just won the Super Bowl Gatorade pour and it was, well, well, one time, um, I had, uh, I had, it was my day to be able to play with my kids you know be with my kids and i have two wonderful wonderful children and they are two amazing people and um i literally had to look at their mother Mm -hmm. and say they can't stay here i'm too drunk yeah so yeah that's daddy was quote unquote sick you know that's what they told because they were little yeah, little guys. I, I I had a stupid moment like that myself, but yeah, I didn't confront him on it. Yeah, I, just it, daddy was passed out on the in the living room, mm-hmm. and uh, for a couple hours, and just kind of woke up and went, "Oh man, that sucks." Yeah, I, I, that'll never happen again. Yeah, see, that's the difference between full on, you know, alcohol addiction mm-hmm. and having too much to drink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I was like, whatever. You know, not whatever. I knew it was bad. So yeah. what did I do? I drank more that night. 
to not feel that. So not feel that the, disappointment. When you um, told the kids that daddy was sick? I didn't tell them. Oh, Sally. Sally told them. Sally told them. Yes. That he can't stay with daddy because he's, he's lit. He's not that he's... Or he's well, sick. He's sick. He's not feeling well. Yeah. So what do they say? Get well. Oh. Oh, like just all I'm doing is getting stab me. Yeah, just stab me in the heart. You made and yourself. So they're sad. waving at me in the car as they drive away, and oh, I'm waving back. And, oh man, it's 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 vivid as this as if it happened yesterday, and this was ten years ago. Yeah, uh, you know, nine years ago. Well, yeah. what am I coming up? I'm coming up on nine years. So nine years. Yeah, kicking ass. Yeah, so that was probably, yeah, probably about ten years ago, uh, maybe maybe more. But anyway, um. That was a painful moment that I will not forget, ever. So that came, that memory came back after this mirror, you know, revelation that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just like, fine, okay, was the was the answers for anybody wanting to help from then on out. And I don't know why, I don't know what happened, but it was just like that. Somebody said you drink it too much. We need to. You need some help. Need some help. Yep. Yep. Fine. Okay. Fine. Okay. Really. Yeah, so um, again, back on this famous porch, and uh, so, and here I am, so in the bag, that Parsons is actually talking to my sister on the phone. I don't know this. He's on the phone. Mm-hmm. I don't hear him. So what do you think about uh, going to treatment? You know, I'm not going to freaking treatment. I don't need treatment. He says, well, what if it's free? Fine, okay. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and then that was it. So I was like, all right, so how do I get my drunk ass from Williamsburg to Richmond? Cause I went to the healing place in Richmond. I remember, I remember it was, it, it was, it was, it, it was a matter of, you know, a day or so or something that suddenly I was you gone. went, yeah, you were gone. It was, yeah. So what I did was, is that I, um, I continued to work for a few more months cause you weren't allowed to work at this. Uh, treatment facility mm-hmm. and it was long term mm-hmm. and um, so I worked for a few more months and I remember telling my boss that I worked uh, worked at one of the restaurants here in Williamsburg and uh, I so said were you drinking oh yeah at that point oh yeah 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 okay so yeah, I was yeah, still yeah. drinking you were, but, def- but you you knew that you I knew that the... there's the, there here's there's an ending mm-hmm. and I picked a date and I said I'm leaving on this day you know I had a similar Similar experience with uh, when they told me there was something wrong, and I knew there was something wrong, but they were trying to figure out what. So going through the biopsies and all that, and the, and the different doctor's appointments, Jill, uh, Jill would if I wasn't at the doctor before I got the final diagnosis and all that. It was she'd just take me to the bar and I'd sit ne- and she'd sit next to me all afternoon, mm-hmm. and I just drink and drink and drink and drink and she'd uh and she'd tell me well you know once you know they figure out what's going on and if there's treatment and all that that this is all over so get it out of your system yeah and i did i yeah. think but it was that i don't know why she, but it was every day and i had that end date of i know i got all i've got is another week of acting like this for the rest of my life and it, it got old before Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. I picked this date and mm-hmm. it got, it ended up getting old. Uh, so I picked this date that I knew that from here on out, this, there's no more. Mm-hmm. This is, this is it. 
There's no more. There is no going back. You know, there's a an invisible line that an alcoholic crosses that they can pretty much never cross back. Mm-hmm. They can back back up to that line, but they can't cross back into the normal drinker life ever. You know, so as if they, they say, do, then they go back forward below the line and then way back way, forward and way, way back. keep going forward past yeah. that line. And then the line gets further back behind you. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, for a while, if I picked up a beer and had a beer today, I could have a beer today and that'd be good and be good. Yeah. And then I'll have a couple on the weekend yeah. and be fine. You know, yeah. and that could go on. But eventually what happens is that I cross that, you know, that it, 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 it creates worse this, than before. It, it, it ends up worse than before. You know, when I'm drinking 24, seven, 365 again, and it'll happen because it happened. It's like quitting smoking and then saying a couple of years later, I can just have one. And then somebody sees you a few months after that. And you're smoking again. Like, yep. What happened? They're like, ah, oh, yeah, I picked it up again. I don't know. It yeah, just happened. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it's that's the that's the thing about the addiction aspect of it, and and it's and it's an absolute addiction. So if I don't pick it up, then then I'm good. Mm-hmm. But that's just the beginning part. So that's what I had to tell myself is that this is just the beginning. It's not the fact that you just put the drink down. It's why are you drinking? Mm-hmm. You know, why was I getting hammered? Why would I have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning? to take a shot or a drink or something so I can stop shaking and go back to sleep. Wow. Yeah. You were there. I was there. You were there. I that's, was there. That's, was, that's, that's deep. And, deep and that it. was real. Yeah. That was as real as it gets. And it just destroyed a lot of things. And, and physically mm-hmm. weird <clears throat> during treatment, we got this, uh, you know, we got a physical, mm-hmm. everything was fine. Mm-hmm. The lungs were fine. Liver's fine. No fatty liver. None of that, you know, knock on wood. Um, so yeah, here I was drinking for 15 years, like a fish trying to kill myself and yeah. I didn't even come close. <laughs> you. The only thing I did was, was kill the life. You're lucky. The, yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely. The only thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's God's looking out right yeah. there because that's giving me, and I, I think about that often, you know, but then it got me to the point of why am I here? So when I hit that moment of mm-hmm. time to go, you know, I talked to my boss it's like, I got to go. He's like, you really need a celebrity vacation? You don't, that's what he called it. He's like, celebrity you need a celebrity vacation? <laughs> and, uh, and I looked at him, I was like, yeah, I do. And he's <laughs> like, man, I can't, I can't see it. I'm like, boss, I'm drunk right now. <laughs> he's like, get out. I am hammered. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I, you know, and I just told him everything. And he's just like, I never would have guessed that. It's like, nobody did. Nobody thought it was that bad until... My closest friends knew. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, the casual with us, man, I didn't think you were that bad. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't get two DUIs on purpose. You know, you don't get two DUIs without an issue. You you, you, didn't, you not only made the movie, you made the sequel. Yeah, I did the movie and the sequel. Yeah. You know, and... Was the know. sequel as good as the, the first one? No, no. Not even a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I ended up spending 40 days in jail. Uh, several several weekends. Um, hindsight being twenty twenty, I should have just gotten it over with. But uh, forty days in jail. Yeah, and, and I, I I couldn't imagine having you know what to tell my kids. Well, that was the thing. It was I did weekends, so I never told them. They never knew. Yeah. Um, I guess it was, that's and it was best. I put it. And when they say weekends, you don't actually go on a weekend. It's basically two days, two days in a row, mm-hmm. and you can put it anywhere in the week. Okay. So um, mine was, you know, Sunday morning to, to Tuesday morning. 
There's just and I got kids on Wednesdays and whatever other day and you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I'm like, yeah, I can work with this. You know, this is okay. You know. So it just jail fit um, into your life. It fit in, or I made it fit in. You know, I made, <laughs> I made the jail, and everything else going on, and and these are the things I just didn't understand. You know, you're a high functioning alcoholic. Right. So. What did I, what, I, instead of just saying, you know what, I need to quit drinking and this and that, I was like, when do I have to stop drinking so when I go into the jail, I have to blow zeros? What time, how long, you know? So I'm saying, when's there, your last beer? When's my last beer? And this, I'm like, and I look back and I was like, man, all of that made sense during that time. A lot of planning. And there was a lot of planning going on. That's a lot. I was like, holy cow. So made that work mm-hmm. somehow. Um, I was making everything work, but it was just working just to live, just to just to be, mm-hmm. just to do, not do anything, just to do. It's a lot of work just to just to exist. do, right? It's a lot of work to do yeah. that, and um, so going to the point where I was like, "All right, fine," you know, after the double revelation that I needed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the first one didn't work. Um, you know, all those thoughts came. You know, the thought of working, drinking around jail. Working my drinking around jail that I'm going to because of my drinking. And none of that seems... You're getting over on them. Yeah. Yeah. And and none of that seemed out of the ordinary. It didn't seem ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem ridiculous. It didn't seem counterproductive. Well, looking back on it, it was kind of a feat. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. But here's the thing. You learn all these skills in addiction. Yeah. To get over on, to do... Imagine taking those skills and moving it towards something positive. All that energy towards something... Towards that, something that's good. Yeah. Towards something that would help somebody else. Can you imagine how a... Or even healing yourself. Healing it, yes. And so the thing was is that I get to, um, to the point where it's time to go. My brother calls a friend, some woman I've never met before in my life. Mm-hmm. Comes and picks me up at Parsons' house, loads all my shit in her car, and, and drives saying, okay. me and drives me to Richmond. How and was that drive? It was fine. Were you hammered? I was buzzing. Yeah, yeah. So that was Friday, ish. I think uh, Friday. Um, so Saturday and Sunday, my my brother was working. Uh, he was the chaplain for uh, Little Sisters of the Poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed there and detox for two days. Okay, she delivered you at uh, to, to where my brother, when my third brother, third oldest brother, who's a priest in Richmond, in Richmond. Okay, so, and then Monday morning was going to be the day we would go over to the healing Ooh. place. So you were feeling awful by then. Yeah, not sleeping, shaking, sweaty. What your you brother know, had to say? Well, he was he had his apartment. I was staying in some, you know a different room. Oh, okay. um, so my second oldest brother comes down and stays with me for the weekend. Okay. You know, in the apartment itself, because it was a guest apartment for this at this um, um, nursing home. Was that? Uh, no, okay. no, no. Um, so the that weekend, you know, movies, shaking, water, mm-hmm. not eating because I'm not hungry. You know, uh, Monday morning, the two brothers and my dad. Mm, that's the worst. Hop in the car. With a bag, and we go over to the healing place. 
and walk in and, and uh, go talk to, to Al, who is a very amazing man. And just the amount of shit he puts up with and the amount of knowledge and teaching that he gives as a example, mm-hmm. leading by example, so to speak. Yeah. Um, just an outstanding man. Uh, that man is going straight to heaven. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, and he is this, you know, just older, he's from Kentucky, you know? Okay. And, uh, and so he says, William, why are, you know, what, what are you doing here? You know? And I said, oh, I want to quit drinking. He's like, when was the last time you had a drink? And I said, well, you know, it was on Friday. He's like, congratulations, you're healed. Go on, have a nice day. And really? I was like, yes, that's exactly what he said. And I'm like, what the hell? No, that's not how it works. I mean, <laughs> for heaven's sakes, I need help. And he's just like, damn, William, tell me why you're here. And I looked at him and I said, because I want to be a father and not a glorified babysitter for my kids. Yeah. And he said, very well. He said, go on, take your cell phone, give it to your brother. And he said, looked at me, he said, dad, he's like, we got him. Y'all can go on now. So they went out the front door, and I went down oh. and started the program. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I remember that part like it was yesterday, too. You know, and, um, and, and, and the things that I said to myself, and that was the thing that I had to tell myself these things, and I had to remind myself of these things every uh-huh. day, was because I woke up the next morning, 40 years old, and basically what is a glorified homeless shelter with a 12-step program. Yeah. Like, no shit. You know, this isn't the cushy let's go to meditation day and you know let's go it's not that bullshit you know they didn't have 28 day they didn't have yoga weird (laughs) but they uh but the program is is absolutely amazing um one of the more successful programs in the country good uh which i didn't know at the time which Mm -hmm. was free at the time you know um now it's yeah 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 now it's really it's it's free if you live in a certain zip code and then it's if you live outside the zip code, it's it's a nominal fee, uh-huh. you know. So, but it's uh, if it works, I mean, it's worth its weight well, in gold it, anyway. So. If it works, it's worth its weight in gold, yeah. and, and it is it has worked wonders on me. Um, six months into it, uh, you know, I'm done with the program, and then I become one of the peer mentors because it's run by the people that went through the program. So they know the program. They know what it takes to get so. Who are you going to listen to more than the next? I'm not going to listen to a doctor with six PhDs mm-hmm. that's never sat on the couch or sat in the middle of a living room with a bottle of vodka going, I don't want to drink this, but I, as I'm putting it, you know, taking the pulls off the bottle itself. Yeah. You know, forget the glass part. Just let's skip the step, you know. If you're it's not, efficient. It's efficient. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. We do efficient things. <laughs> um, so... Uh, being that it's peer run is is makes it uh, much more successful because you know that guy telling you this is telling you this because that person's been there. That's where we ran into you when we were down in uh, we went to Chennai. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you you came in and you yep. bike and uh, and met up with us. I don't know why we were bacon downtown fest. bacon fest. Yeah. Okay. So you remember things like that? Yes. I I really have. Well, that's spotty just... memories from about nineteen to last year. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> Keep it that way because, unfortunately, for me and my, I never very much got very blacked out drunk. I got really drunk, but I remember, and 
I chose not to remember. Yeah. I drank to not remember. But when I stopped drinking, I started to remember. Everything. And I'm like, you're a piece of shit for that. 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 And the list just went on and on and on. And and there's there's no cracking a beer to forget. There's no forget. No. You have to work through the guilt. Mm -hmm. And that is basically the, the hardest part is there's three steps to the forgiveness part. You know, mm-hmm. it's like God forgives you. You say, God, forgive me. Boom, done. You know, show your you know remorse, repentance, and he will forgive you. Friends, family, yeah. They're going to take some time. But they eventually it's like, you know what? You keep doing what you're doing, and, and everything's going to be grand. Yeah, you let them know. And, hey, you know, you hey know, this I is what I'm doing. Ass. And they're like, you know, congratulations. Wish you the best. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, they're like, "Congratulations! Wish you the best. Stay the hell over there." Yeah, uh, I hope it works. Right. There's I wish you the best, but I don't. No, there's none. There's yeah. not a whole. It's not that there's not a whole lot of trust. There's absolutely no trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you have to accept that. You have to accept that. That's rough. This person doesn't trust you, not because they're an asshole, but because you're an asshole. Yeah. You know that's the hard part. <laughs> you know. So then you turn around. and It's like, oh my gosh. You know. Guys like Joey and John and, you know, family, you know, they, they, they came back around for the I'm going to help support you kind of thing after, you know, a couple months. They realized that I would made this commitment. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to wait and see what you do before I step back in and be like, I'm here for you until you do something that is beneficial to yourself in the direction and start moving in a direction because mm-hmm. nobody's going to hang out with you while you're in that holding pattern. Yeah. You know, because um, they're moving forward. Right. Well, not only that, but it, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to drag you along like an anchor. You know, I'm not going to pull you forward. Now, does it need a nudge, you know, <laughs> or a swift kick in the ass or, you know, as Red Foreman would say, put a boot in your ass. <laughs> you know, does it take that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then they got to remove the foot and let you and then step back and see what happens. So the whole thing of everybody working behind the scenes, I got to collect a foot in the ass. Yeah. And then everybody step back mm-hmm. to got to see, okay, let's see what he does. Um, and the first 30 days felt like it was 30 years. Really? Oh my God. It was like, holy shit. <laughs> because now you're angry. Yeah. Because now, you know, I wake up the next day, I'm 40 years old, I have two small children, and all of my decisions have put me right into the point where I am now living in a homeless shelter with a 12-step program. Congratulations, Will. You're a loser. That's a hard thing to come to, to come to grips with. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But one of the guys that sit there, my buddy Bob, Bob Sakowski, um, <laughs> he, he was my first peer mentor when I got there, and he said... Um, you know, there, there's so many things that you want to do. You got to give yourself the patience to do it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and it was like, you know, I said, okay, but I don't even know what I want to do. He's like, and that's fine. That's and that was the, the thing. thing. He's you like, know. He, the first thing he said, he's like, and that's okay. Yeah. Cause you haven't learned anything. Well, you look at, he's like, you're what, what just, what do you want to do with yourself? Well, here's the thing. Who knows? What are you good at? But you you, don't know what you you want because you don't know how. Yeah. So he's like, now all you got to do is sit back, shut up, and listen. Because guess what? All of your decisions got you in a homeless shelter. You are bad at this. You suck. (laughs) 
No, he didn't say that because Bob's a nice guy. Yeah. But he's like, you suck. Message received. And I'm like, huh. wow, man. So imagine the anger. So imagine a building full of angry dudes. All of them not knowing how to do anything. So you have to, you know, like Yoda says, you have to unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> and so, and that's the thing. You kind of have to forget what you, what you've learned. You yeah. Because you really didn't learn anything correctly. Yeah. You know, all your decisions were bad. If your decisions were right, I wouldn't have been where I was. So here in the case is like, you kind of have to just shut up for a while and uh-huh. just listen to people who have been there. Listen to somebody that's walked through those steps that you've walked through. You know, because if you don't, then what the hell are you doing here? Carry your ass on down the road and figure it out yourself. Or you can stay there, and I'm telling myself this, mm-hmm. or I can stay there and maybe learn something. So after 30 days of saying, fuck this, I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. I say that to myself every day. But what happens? Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow turns into today. Yesterday turns in, or today turns into yesterday, and then there's another tomorrow. Yeah, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Okay. Okay. Well, as he's walking out the door. <laughs> so the thing is, is that uh, you just have to keep understanding the fact that you just don't know anything. So when tomorrow comes, and it actually when I say to myself that, I'm going to leave tomorrow was meaning that I'm going to leave the program tomorrow. Well, tomorrow never comes. So after 30 days of that, and finally I just stopped saying it. But why? Why did you want to leave? Because I was, you thought I was embarrassed or I was embarrassed to be there. I was ashamed, ashamed and embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I did not like myself. I didn't like you. I didn't like anybody, especially myself. The first 30 days. The first it 30 days. It was that hard. It was, it was even that, after you made the decision. Even after you make the decision. Because you have to continue to make that decision every day. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, just because you made the decision, all right, now what? You know, okay, well, now I have to learn about what's going on. So I learned about the history of alcohol and alcoholism and, you know, the oh. birth of, of the, you know, the 12-step program that Bill W. did on Alcoholics Anonymous and this and that. Really? Um, yeah. So, and, and that's all what they teach you there. And, um, and you have to walk everywhere in this. And, and it, the, there's a whole, I mean, we can do a whole segment on there, on that, uh, on the Healing Place program because it's fantastic. So, um, but the fact of the matter is, is that you don't know anything. So you have to learn how to do things. You know, I had to learn how to talk. It's like Marine Corps boot camp where they tell you how to put on your... And it's funny you should say that because fast forward six, seven months or whatever, now I'm teaching the class. I'm on the other side of the desk. Mm -hmm. I'm at the blackboard showing guys where I, you know, that I just seven months prior, I was there, you know, going, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I do. I mean, sort of. But, you know, I know more than you, you know, um... But one of the things that I would tell them, I was like, man, this is like a life boot camp you got to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to learn. I had to learn to talk to people. You know, I, not that I didn't know how to talk. Everybody knows how to talk. Yeah. But, but I didn't know how to talk. To, I didn't know how to hold on a conversation. I know you're looking at me with that, that like, what the hell are you talking oh, wait, about? Wait. Well, if you're, if, so now it's just me. Yeah. It's not me and the booze. 
you know, it's not, you know, the, the curtain comes down and the, you know, the booze allows you to, that self-confidence and everything, you know, that everybody thinks they, you know, the beer muscles or mm-hmm. the, you know, tequila bulletproof, you know, they got country songs about it all the time. Sure. <clears throat> but it, the true matter is, is that it, the personality, which I thought was me and the booze, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to tap into. I didn't know how to tap into that, that who I am. Mm-hmm. So what this program does and what you have to continue to do every day is learn how to retap everything, learn how to tap yourself every again. Wow. So you have to tap into yourself. So, okay, I didn't know how to do that. So, so you're, you got to start, you're not going to until you start digging out all the bullshit first, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, carrying around all those baggage, you have to unpack all your baggage because you are, you can't figure out who the hell you are until you get rid of who you were. Mm-hmm. So in order to get rid of who you were, you have to unpack your bags. So you're carrying around baggage. It's like we were talking before the segment. You're going. It's like going on a trip, but carrying the luggage that you had from five trips ago with you. Yeah. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary to go through. And it's a burden. It's burdensome. Mm-hmm. So when you unpack all of that and you unpack that baggage that you had from five years ago, 20 years ago, from when you were a kid or whatever that you're just carrying around, man, you just got to start, you got to start unpacking all that stuff. And then when you find something, you're like, man, let's deal with this. All right. So then you deal with that. Okay. Bag's empty. Boom. Next bag. And you're, and, and then you, so what you're doing is that, you know, we create baggage because we're all imperfect or as mm-hmm. I like to say, wonderfully flawed. <laughs> So we're all wonderfully flawed people. So we go through all this baggage. It's all this social and financial debt that you've right. So you're like, accrued all right, over the here's years. this. Let's make a plan for this. Here's your financial debt of X amount of dollars. Because anybody that's ever been in addiction is going to have debt. Sure. So you dig through that. And you're like, here's a plan. Let's deal with this. Okay. So I have a plan. Now, having the plan and sticking to the plan, then you've pretty much... Don't have to worry about it because as long as you stick to the plan, this financial part of this mountain is going to be taken care of stone by stone. Mm-hmm. So you take this stone and you set it over here. Okay, there's my plan for that. Don't have to worry about it. Have a plan. That's that part. That stone is taken care of. Let's go back to the mountain. Mm-hmm. All right, let's pick out this stone. All right, what is this stone? This stone is the fact that I was a shit father. Okay. Don't don't be one. Learn how to be one. Be the guy. Be the man. Be the to do this. Blah, blah. So now I'm sitting there going, how do I do that? So what do I do? I talk to other people. How do yeah. I do this? How do I do that? So what it's doing is 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 that as I'm 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 taking these stones and and helping myself via somebody that's been there, mm-hmm. then I'm able to turn what I thought was a mountain into a molehill. You know, is there still stuff to deal with? Yes, I'm still digging out of financial. Mm-hmm. stuff 10 years later but i have a plan so my debt is way down mm-hmm. but it's still there it's still pretty significant but it's way down because of the fact that i found somebody that was willing to sit down and help me and it was like oh i can't find one did you ask <laughs> you know that's the thing did you ask for help because if you don't ask for help the answer is always no yeah if you don't ask for help the answer is always going to be no if you don't say, I don't know how to do this, nobody will ever show you. 
So that's the thing. It's like, you know, why aren't you asking for help? And everyone's sitting there going, well, I don't know how to ask for help. Hey, Sean, I don't know how to do this, man. I, you know, I have this issue. I, I, you know, I, and everything, I've, I've tried this, this, and this. And you're better at this than me. Do you think you can help me out? Sure. See? Pretty simple, you know? It's really simple. Yeah. Even in, and then so what happens? We hash hash things together, did mm-hmm. ideas back and forth, and be like, I think we got a plan. Hey, thanks, man. You're the best. You know, it could take five minutes, it could take five days, you mm-hmm. know. But find that person that's yes. gonna be like, Hey, I'll help you out. Ninety percent of the time nobody's gonna step forward and say, I'm I will you have this problem. I know you have this problem. I'm coming to you because I know you have this problem, so let's help. Yeah, it's rare. It's I mean, you and I have gotten together on a couple of those. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, yeah, I had, with me, I, 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 told, I told my wife how depressed I was and how I, I asked that question of, you know, what, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? Right. What am I good at? And they, hey, just, you know, everybody should know what they, they want to do in life and what's their passion. What the, If money wasn't, if earning wasn't a pro, uh, a, a, what what would you do right. for a living? And, and I didn't, I, I didn't know. And, and that was part of the, that just lost in the deep depression. And, and you know, thankfully Jill, uh, you know, I told Jill, I, 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 I think I need to talk to somebody. Yeah. And she, and that's all it took for her to find somebody, find a, a, a shrink to, and make the first appointment for me and go from there. Or I, I think she gave me the number and said, make the appointment yourself. You, you're, you're, you're a big boy. You're an adult. And right. Go ahead and do it. But there was that here. I found somebody that's going to, that takes new patients and. Right. She and, did yeah. all the homework for you. Yeah. Because she knew that you couldn't. Yeah. Or didn't know how, or were, were depressed enough to where you didn't feel like it. I, I was, I was the deepest and darkest I've ever been. Um, I wasn't hiding keys to the gun cabinet dark, but right. it was the nastiest, most lost feelings that I think I, I, the only way I can liken it and what, what you're talking about is the, when you looked in the mirror and we're just lost and that went, I, I, and it's terrifying. You have no idea what's, what's going on. And you face that after years and years and years of drinking. Yeah. I faced it after uh, a year and a half of of chemo and treatment, and it was, you know, good news. Right. Hey, you're cured for now. You're in remission. Everything's great. Slap you on the ass. Have fun, buddy. Mm-hmm. And it would, you know, kick you out in the real world and look around and go, I don't, I don't know how to function. One, I'm, I'm sober, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not. You know, I used to. It was family and smoke some cigarettes and drinking beers and working out and can't really do any of that. What do I do? I, right. I have no idea how to be. Yeah. I got to figure out how to be. Right. And that's kind of what I was saying where I did, you know, didn't know how to talk, you know, yeah. I didn't know how to be a person. You know, I was the, you know, uh, one friend of mine, you know, back in the day called me will the day drinker, you know, it's like, and, and you thought it was funny at the I, time, well, did you? Or did it kind of hit you? How did that, that hit was, you? That's that, kinda... was, that was the thing. I'm going to talk about that in a second. 
Oh, okay. So we're going to take a little bit of break. Well, I'm no, I'm right. I'm right here. I can keep. Oh, can you can you pause it because yeah. I paused Pro Tools one time. And there, there back. we go. All right, there we go. We're back. We're back. Um, you know, it's funny, and 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 uh, I was sitting here thinking about how we're kind of figuring this out as we go. Yeah. Um, I think that is it's a, everything. Well, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly right. This show is actually about everything because you guys get to sit here and see us fumble around with all this equipment. And um, the funny part is, is that that's kind of how it worked for me in the beginning. I just kind of fumbled around and tried to figure out what worked and what didn't work. And yeah, it's one of those. Well, well, so you guys get to go through this with us. You know, that's that's the great part, and see how how uh, how it progresses over time. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is is that as long as you just keep asking the question, that's the part where. Where a lot of people would what we call relapse into relapse. old relapse into old ways, you know that that old holding pattern is because you have you, you quit asking why or you quit asking. Sorry, chemo. Eh, no, nah, hey, you know what? <laughs> do you, man? That's the most important thing. So you said relapse and you know, the same. Well, it's comfortable, and you know how to do it, right? And, You've and, got the instructions. All right, right. I wrote the book. You know, I already wrote that book. I don't want to write another <clears> book. <throat> you know, but I. You have to write another book. That's the whole thing. Is that um, you have to to utilize that old book as a reference of where of a. Hey, I know. I know this. I know this point. What What is this? Oh crap! That's the old book. What not to do? Right now, now you got a now you got a, a whole uh, whole area. A whole reference manual on what not to do, which is great because one of the things that you need to understand is is also what not to do. You know, everybody has to say, oh, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, did you ever think that maybe at some point along your learning process while you're learning, trying to figure out what you want, you know, what to do that you've already learned on what not to do? Mm-hmm. And learning what not to do is just as important as learning what to do. Because. Like crinkling a napkin during a podcast. Right. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that when, when you when you get to the point where you, you know, you, you're learning what not to do. And um, that is the beginning of your wisdom development. Because wisdom is learning from your mistakes so you don't repeat them. You know, knowledge is something you learn out of a book. You know, you get the wisdom by taking that book knowledge, putting it into practice, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, the old saying that an intelligent man learns from his mistakes, a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. I was like, well, that's true. But isn't it also wise to learn from your own mistakes? You know, don't, don't downplay your mistakes. You know, because they're a learning tool. Your own experience. And a learning tool. Whether mm -hmm. it's a good experience, bad experience, it's a learning tool. Okay, this worked. Why did it work? Okay, this didn't work. Why didn't it work? So doing and trying and pushing forward and making a mistake and stumbling and falling and brushing yourself off going, <laughs> well, that sucked. Let's wonder why that didn't happen. Oh, I didn't see that big pothole right there. Okay, why didn't I see that pothole? So now that mistake and that stumble and that fall 
to where you're sitting in the mud again. You're like, huh, okay, well, that didn't work. Or what what happened? As long as you learn from that, then it's not necessarily a mistake. So what kind of stumbles did you have? Oh, good God. Well, I mean, the, you know, you, you, it, from the outside, looking at you and, 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 and knowing you over the years, um, you know, everybody's impression is that you went through the program and went and did what you needed to do and everything was, and there was, there was no, the, everything worked out and there wasn't, there, there wasn't struggles constantly Well, <laughs> in so the middle of it. One of the things that I learned is that the world doesn't need to know all of your struggles. They really don't. Because mm-hmm. you know what? The world doesn't care. Sean cares. If I had struggles, I knew that I could come to you. Mm-hmm. You know. And now the world needs to know. But now the world needs to know. <laughs> the struggles are is that, um, and, and it came, is that I just made too many, too many decisions at one time. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, so... I, I, I stepped out of the healing place after doing peer mentoring for almost a, for about a year. Um, I stepped out with a loose plan. So that was mistake number one. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a definite plan. You know, if you're going to move forward, have a plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but as your plan is un- enveloping, you realize that, okay, I thought this was going to happen, but it didn't happen. So now you have to adjust your plan. You were winging it. I was winging it. After the first like three are. steps. Yeah. Well, no, we have an actual definitive plan. We do. It just, you know, we're just trying to work we'll the kinks. We'll tell you that we do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, after the first three steps, mm-hmm. I didn't have, you know, out of, out of my plan was a three-step plan. You know, it's like, okay, you need to have a bit more than that. So now I'm there, there's to... a, there's a middle ground because right. if if you go if you if you take it all the way to the conclusion, then as soon as you miss one or if something goes wrong, I've seen this with friends of mine that uh, as soon as it goes wrong, somebody that overthinks their whole life, they don't know how to react to and, and, and make the change. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a middle ground of enough planning. Right. Yeah. I, what it should have been was a plan that where I need a plan to get me from now to a year from now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, if you can have a plan to get you from now until a year from now, actually, that's more than reasonable. It's actually kind of phenomenal. I, okay, so I need a, I can't do a year from now, so I need a six-month plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you sit in the interview, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Nobody knows. No, that's the dumbest interview question ever. I, I, seriously, it really is. I, I actually at the the company I'm working for now, uh, they they asked me that question, and I looked over and I said uh, I was being interviewed by two people, and I looked at one of them. And I said, "Well, I, one was junior, and then one was the senior." So I looked at the junior person, and uh, I said, "What's her job?" When they said, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" I said, "What's her job?" Well, she's the supervisor. And I said, okay, and what's your job? I'm the director of technical services. I said, well, in five years, you know, hers than yours. And 
it, it, it went over well. And actually, sure. um, in five years, it actually came true. And I ended up being her supervisor. Nice. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's, you're an exception to the rule. Because a lot of people don't. I wouldn't say I'm an exception. Oh, come on, man. You, one, of the things that, one of the things that you have to understand is that you have to take credit where credit is due. Now, a lot of times, I will sit there and I will give credit to everybody else and I won't take enough. And people say, you need to give yourself more credit. No, I can't. I can't do that because I gave myself all the credit before. <laughs> that was another mistake that I made. You know, uh, Besides not having a plan, I took a lot of credit for, for that I did this and I did it. No, 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 no. There was a whole team mm -hmm. of people that were helping. You know, it was me and them. It was me and them and God. So we ended up doing wonderful things. But I took a lot of credit. And I thought, you know, I swayed a bit knowing that I think that I took on too much. Mm -hmm. Had a plan that didn't work out. Um, because there wasn't really a plan. So what it happened? was kind of a where'd you end? I mean, where's I ended is up? Is there a good story? Okay, this, that's what I'm trying. To, I'm, oh I'm no, no, no. For, See, here's is there a, a there's a good you know, there walking is... around Georgetown going, oh holy hell, I really should have thought this through a little bit. No, more. there there is a good story behind it. Um, my sister said, you know, why don't you come to Annapolis and and stay with me for a little while and let you you know kind of get a reset. Um, and it was a beautiful town. My sister was very nice to offer that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and But here's the thing. If I hadn't done the progress that I made from day one at the healing place mm -hmm. to the time that my sister gave me this offer, if I hadn't made the progress that I made, that offer wouldn't be there. Yeah. So there's the, trust. The trust. Yeah. The trust is there. The man that sucks, let me help you out. Um, I know you keep doing the right thing, so I'm going to give you a little this and that and the other. Okay. Well, you know, and it goes from there to the same thing happened when my brother, uh, had a boat and a, a liveaboard boat mm -hmm. in, um, Solomon's Maryland. Um, he's like, well, why don't you live on the boat? That must've been so much fun. Oh, Who is it? The Crockett, Crockett had an alligator and lived on a boat. Sure. Down at Miami Vice. Was it? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. An alligator. Yes, he had an alligator. Exactly. I didn't have an alligator. There aren't any alligators in Maryland, but I, <laughs> crabs, um, the edible kind, not the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so my brother offered to uh, offer me to live on the boat. You know, um, he liked it because you know he lives in in Fairfax and the mm -hmm. boats in Southern Maryland. He liked it there as a little peace of mind that somebody's watching over his boat, you know, the whole mm -hmm. spiel. It helped him. It helped me, you know, win-win situation. Again, if from day one of the healing place till then, if that was the progress wasn't made or the, the work put into it hadn't been there and I hadn't done that and I had backslided or didn't learn how to be me again, you know, as, as my kid's mother says, the guy that I met. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, I turned into somebody else, to be honest with you. And I don't even know, like, I call him the other guy. Mm -hmm. You know, now that other guy is still there. And now that other guy is just there when somebody pisses me off, you know. So I was like, <laughs> you're pissing me off. Don't let the other guy come out because you're not going to like him. You know, it's like, you know, David Banner and the Hulk, <laughs> you know. Don't Mr. make me angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, you know. I don't know if you remember the old oh, one with yeah. Lou Ferrigno, you know. Oh, the, yeah. 
<clears throat> so before computer uh, computer you know generated Hulk, you know they actually used Lou Ferrigno. Um, so the the other guy is just there to 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 motivate me to utilize the anger towards a positive process. Mm. So I mean anything. So all of these things that were all my considered my weaknesses and this and that, I started realizing that could be used for some great strengths. Mm-hmm. And once you use your weaknesses for a great strength, nobody could ever use your weaknesses against you again. And that is very empowering. You know, that is like, you're like, whew. And, you know, so I said, oh, you know, if, if somebody came to me today and said, oh, yeah, you remember that? You know, you're just that same old dumb fucking drunk that I knew back then, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I am. But if you want to, you know, judge me on that guy, you know, you go right ahead. You know, you can live in that past chapter of my life. I don't mm-hmm. live there anymore. I live here. You can live back there and you can go fuck completely off. <laughs> you know, so, you know, how empowering that is. You know, to sit there and, and, and when you're in the thralls of your addiction and everything, your self-esteem is in a toilet as well. Sure. So building up that self-esteem that you can sit there and look at somebody and say, that's great. You know, that's wonderful. Good to see you. Sorry you think about me like that. Fuck completely off and mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Just get away from me because I don't care what mm-hmm. you think anymore, ever again. Bye. <laughs> And so I've actually said that to somebody mm-hmm. and uh, they looked at me like I had nine heads and I was like, I, it wasn't a metaphor. You really need to go away. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Fuck off. Um, so they tucked tail and left, you know? So what it does is that it keeps my power with me. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I don't like somebody, I'm not going to hang out with them. If sure. they're going to be that, that kind of person, go away. Get out because I don't want, you're not allowed to have, the only person that has that kind of power over me is the Lord God Almighty. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it. Everybody else. Now, am I going to, you know, if I like you and I'm being a jerk, then absolutely, (laughs) you know, but you know, that's because, you know, we're living, you know, right now, you know, not dredging up something that I've already worked through. I've already unpacked that, but that part of the luggage, I've already unpacked it. So piss off. I don't, it's throwing it away. Work through it. Paid that debt. Yeah. I'm not going to keep apologizing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to. That's the greatest thing is that, you know, when, when you get to that point where you're like, and you work through all your problems and you've, you've made that amends part and this and that, you know, that one person who keeps saying, yeah, but like, no, there's no more. Yeah. Buts man. Uh, you know, I want to move past this. If you don't, then that's fine. That's on you, mm-hmm. and I am sorry that you feel that way. And I'm, I know there's if there's no way that I can amend what I have done to make you feel that way, then I apologize for that as well. Because well, you're still seen as being in that holding pattern when right. you're actually you've moved forward. Then I've actually moved on to the next city, yeah. you know. So, um, but some people are gonna keep you in that hold, you know, well, keep their perception of you in that holding pattern, and you have to make it to where you're okay with that. You're most, you know, you're defined, people will define you by the, what is it, by saying the breakfast club, the most convenient definitions. And, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, you know, that's, it, it was very, it's very easy to say, okay, well, that's what I know about that person. And I really don't have the, the inclination to engage any further or amend that. So that's, that's who they are. And it, you have to be fine with that and move forward. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, you have to be okay with it. You have to be okay with that. You know, at some point, somebody has taken what you've done to them so to heart mm-hmm. that 
the forgiveness just isn't there. There's just not there, and and you have to you have to be okay, and that does suck, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can joke about it, and I say, oh, you can fuck completely off. <laughs> um, but you know, and and deep down, it it kind of sucks, mm-hmm. you know. Um. Or you know, you go to make that, and they look at you square in the face, and you're like, yeah, I really don't care about what you're doing or anything. <laughs> like that. And you have you just literally have to be okay with that, and be like, man, and. So, but when you work from day one to that point to where you're, you're mentally prepared to make all these amends, good or bad. Yeah. Fortunately, and I am fortunate, 99% of mine went well. That's not the case. A lot. Yeah. Um, so what do you do? You got to move forward. It's still about moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go back into that holding pattern, waiting for that person to say it's okay because they may never say it. You have to be okay. You have I've to stop done... looking backwards and down. Yeah. And you just have to be like, man, that sucks. I thought that was one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was going to work out, but it didn't. It's like trying something, making a mistake. That What do you have to say? That sucks. That didn't work. Yeah. That sucks. You know, it's like I've watched the movie, um, what is it, 13 Hours, where um, the Benghazi movie that uh, yeah, Michael Bay did. with uh, the <clears throat> guy from The Office. Yeah. Krasinski. Krasinski. That was good. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a scene in there where the the, um, the cavalry <laughs> mm-hmm. that was coming to help him out, um, whereas the one guy and the two Delta guys, mm-hmm. and... He's like, you're it, you're the, the two of you, that's it. And I'm like, yep, brother, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so what does he say? Wow, that sucks. Yeah. And moves forward. You can't dwell. You can't dwell on it. You got to move forward with what you got. So let's make a plan. <laughs> going forward with what you got. So, and that's this, that's the same kind of mentality that you have to adopt mm-hmm. when it comes to digging yourself out of whatever hole. My hole was addiction. You know, your hole was cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else's hole could be something different. The steps are kind of the same, though. You know, they, do, you, do you mold them a little bit here and there? Yes, you do. Um, the first step is this happened. Mm-hmm. Except that this has happened. This is, where, this is where I am. I just have to accept that. So, boom, you accept it. Okay, I'm a 40-year-old man in a homeless shelter that's got a drinking problem. Yeah. I have to accept that. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's but, where somebody else that's been there. That's comes powerful in. though, because it that's just being able to say that out loud and with, with that much conviction. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's, you own that. And and I don't like to be you know Oprah or some you know the, the 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 type of person that may say oh you know you have to speak your truths and you know there there's truth and there's fiction they don't have truths and things like that but it's but it's yeah you you stepped up and you owned it hey look you know this is this is where I am and this is where I was and this sucks yeah or it sucked but yeah. not afraid to say it. Right. Well, that's killer. The, that's strong. It, that, that is strong. strong as death. That is strong. That is very strong. And it's and it's very 
excuse me, it's very difficult to come to that point. Mm-hmm. Some people, man, some people I've worked with, they just, they have not, I mean, they've gotten better mm-hmm. and moved forward and still not been able to fully accept what has happened. Yeah. And does that make them any less than you or I? Absolutely not. Because wherever along your way, and if they continue to do those things in a positive manner, just because, you know, they're on a very tortoise pace, that doesn't mean it's not a forward pace. Mm -hmm. You know, the the turtle in the hair kind of thing. It's, you know, um, slow and steady wins the race, all this and that and the other. Well, it doesn't necessarily, it's not a race. That's the thing. That's the one thing you have to understand. It's not a race. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a sprint. It's not a marathon. It's a pace. You have to go at your pace. My pace is different than yours. Your pace is different than somebody else's. Who am I to judge? And and, and we judge. And of course we, we do. can't help but of course we do. judge and have opinions on what's going on with somebody else. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it's none of my fucking business if you're how how quickly you're moving forward or how right. you're yeah what, what you're doing right as um, long as you're moving forward now me as somebody that wants to help i would love to see you move faster yeah i would love it because i want i'm so excited because i want you to get to that point where you know you're you're there with me and then we can <laughs> do this and i, I fucking i know it dude it's awesome you need to work you gotta go at your own pace yeah you know because as somebody that wants to help somebody i am so excited that you're making the decision to do it i want you to get from point a to point b to point l Mm -hmm. as fast as possible and uh and and that's where the helper needs to take a deep breath needs to take a beat count to 50 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and realize that the the helper wants it just as bad as you do because the real helper is there with you. I'm, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God, it's like, it's like watching your favorite movie. There's an emotional investment. There's an emotional investment. You know, it's like watching your favorite movie and you know how it goes and you want somebody to, to, so that way you can talk about it later on. And this, (laughs) you know, that's, you know, you're sitting there and nobody's, you know, they'll sit with somebody that hasn't watched it yet, but you know, they're going to be, they're going to love it. And they, you know, so you're just so excited. And, um, at the, at some point you just have to be like, look, you need to also be that excited about those three small steps that they just took. Mm -hmm. You know, one was getting into the car, two was driving over to where you are and three is walking through that door. Yeah. Because I could say I need help all day long. If I don't seek help, then all I'm doing is staying in that holding pattern and not doing much of anything. Going, I want to land. That's that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You you have to actually reach out. You can say I, I I want help. I need help. Okay, that's fantastic. So let me tell so you now what. Let me, let me tell you where this is. Where, where this fits, that, that this conversation that we're having fits in to what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when people, and this, it's so important what you're saying right now, because when people get to that point, uh, 
when they've they've moved past their illness or disease. Um, my case in point, I'm going to be working with with cancer patients, uh, hopefully. And this is uh, you know the part of the point of my pot uh, of this. However, I'm sure it's going to grow, and I mean it it already has today grown in its uh, in its significance and its the the net that it's casting, but the act of you know asking for help and 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 knowing that you're that far down and that far gone that that maybe physically you might be healed but mentally you are someplace so far away from healthy and that uh, if you don't ask for help then uh, you're not going to fully heal and everything that you've done prior to everything every poke every prod every night spent next around the toilet throwing up every every spinal tap it's been all for shit all that intensity has been for shit unless you finish the healing process ask for help and get uh, get yourself well mentally as well as physically the mental aspect and when you're getting better and, and there's so many things that, that, that come into that, but there's, it really kind of breaks down to three areas, mm-hmm. your mental, physical, and spiritual, you know, reconnection, mm-hmm. because when you're going through things, all those things get disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that, that chain of Christmas lights, you know, you got to, you know, figure out which one is defective or, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, you have to plug them all back in sure. to run that chain again. Because they all feed into each other, you know. Um, one of the, the, the first things, you know, after the the knowledge part, you know, on, on what was actually happening to me physically, mm-hmm. you know, with the physical addiction, um, that was that was a that was the easiest pill to swallow. How okay. long did it take you to get past the the effects, the physical effects. The physical effects. Okay, so the physical effects, as in your body, mm-hmm. um, your 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 muscular system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that doesn't take much long. You know, because it's it's like you know exercising again. You know, you can't run. You know, you start out, you run from here to there, you're winded. Um, but you know, after you, you know, you keep running from here to there, it gets easier and easier. But your body had gotten to the point. It sounds like when some of our conversations offline had gotten to the point where some of uh, my other friends have gotten, where it was actually converting alcohol using instead of using sugar. Right. So instead of eating the donut and using those carbs as sugar, your body has had actually changed the way it metabolized alcohol, and it was using that for energy. Yes. Absolutely, and um, that's where the D, the, the DTs come in. Mm-hmm. It's your body readjusting that part. Oh my gosh! I mean, I didn't realize at the time, or else I'd have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the the out of all the drugs and and alcohol, it is a drug yeah. out there. Uh, there's two of them that'll kill you with the DTs. Now, some of them you're gonna wish you were dead. Mm-hmm. Um, heroin, cocaine, that sort of thing. Um, you know, spitting and shitting all over yourself. Um, coming out of all your love that stuff. Yeah, isn't that great? great. Yeah, you're not gonna die. Cocaine in the basement. Yeah, you're not gonna die. You're gonna wish you were dead, but you won't die. But <laughs> um, but booze, booze will kill you. From the the actual withdrawal, From the, actual the physical withdrawal, withdrawal, detoxification of your body. If it is bad enough, it'll kill you. I didn't know that. 
now you had to, and then you had to turn around, learn that, go through it. No, and then I went through it, it and then learn it. Then learn it. <laughs> <laughs> go through it, then learn it, then teach it to other people. Yes, exactly. So, um, holy shit, man. So, how painful? It was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of shaking, yeah. lots of sweating, lots of no sleep whatsoever. Really? Yeah. You just, your, bo- your body well, just body, couldn't I, shut down. I, I w- yeah, it, it was depressing. It was looking for that. My body's sitting there looking for, te- you know, body's telling the brain to throw that shot down, dude. It's time. It's past time. It's way past time now. Okay, now you want to be a real dick. My body's like, all right, I'm going to make you sick. Now I'm going to make you puke. I'm going to make you crap out of, you know. Oh. And it was. It you was, didn't get any Xanax or nothing. Valium or nope. anything like nope. that? No. Nope. Want one? Nope. Okay. No, I'm good. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're, I, you're feeling for me. That was 10 years ago. I am a pharmacy. So, well, <laughs> you got, you're going through a hell of a lot more things, too. But, yeah, and um, I didn't I didn't understand that it was, it was that, um, that deadly. And you went through that before you checked into the facility. Yes. That, that's a, that's a touch and go situation that could have gone a different way. Yes. You know, being, uh, being at your brothers at the, at the little sisters of the poor. Yeah. yeah I could at have, that point, that I could have, have died right there. Has that make, now when, when did you realize that you could have died? Oh, it was, it was months later. And how, what, what, what did that did it make you, you know, pause for a minute? Was it was it a moment or was it? It was one of those moments that you go through during the process. That was yeah. definitely one of the moments going. Now everybody knows I could have died, and and when you say that, people think, oh, car wreck, mm-hmm. you know, drinking and driving, that sort of thing. Which is, thank God, I never I didn't hurt anybody. kill anybody. Yeah, Me, you know, I, I I thank God every day. Yeah, and uh, you know when my lawyer was was doing my DUI courts and this and that. He's mm-hmm. like, it could have always been worse. Yeah, it sucks. And you're going through this and you're going to get through it, but it could have been worse. You could have killed somebody. You could have hurt somebody. You could have maimed somebody. Yeah, I got a friend of mine that when he went through his uh, his first and only DUI, but he, he just told the he told the lawyer, he don't, don't do anything. You know, I'm paying you, but... You know, I I get what I deserve. You know, if yeah. if they say go to jail, say okay, don't argue against it, don't. But he's the same guy. He called the cops on himself. He rode he, he rode his car into a ditch, drunk, and called the cops and said, "I'm on the side of the road and I'm drunk, mm-hmm. and I really I don't have anybody, and I don't have anybody to call." Mm-hmm. His rock bottom was, and he he called the police on himself to help him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but uh, I'm sorry. I'm, no, you're fine. I mean, that's and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you get to a point where you turn around and, and all of your friends have told you to fuck off. You know, your family, friends. and But it's necessary. And that's the yeah. thing that a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, during the process, you know, yeah, my DTs could have killed somebody. You know, my drinking and driving could have killed somebody. My DTs could have killed me. I mean, my drinking and driving could have killed somebody. I could have died. I could have been a huge, you know. I could have been a big burden this and that. Whoa, 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 time out. What do you mean you could have been? Dude, you were a big burden. You you broke you, were mentally you broke a burdening. lot of people's hearts. Yes, you were mentally Just, burdening so many people that love you. Yeah. I mean, I've been on the other side of that. Yeah. Several people. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was funny because um uh, Wednesday I ran into somebody I hadn't seen in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um 
just happened. You, to I be. heard you stopped by the street. I did. I did. I well, you know, I was waiting for um, my uh, daughter to get home from track practice before yeah. we uh, picked him up and we go to eat and hang out and everything else. And uh, just that's the highlight of my week is going to see them. That's fantastic. And uh, and we end up we we kind of do the same thing over and over again, but it's still pretty fun. We always mm-hmm. talk about different things, and you know, sometimes they're tired, and sometimes you know they're you know this and that, not the talkative, but sometimes. Oh. Um, 17 and 15. Okay. So, so yeah. yeah, of course that, you know, sometimes there's time for dad and other times there's, eh. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they make time and they're good about that. And, no, I'm t- and t- I time in their head. Yes. Instead exactly. of on their phone. And yeah. yeah. And there's, and I've become more accepted of that. So that's another process that I had to go through is, is that they're not the, the, the little guys anymore. You know, they're teenagers with you lives some of and, yeah. and I missed some of that. I missed, I missed a good portion of that. And I had to actually have a conversation with them about that and it was sucked so bad to tell them you know it's like you know my son sitting there going dad i thought i thought you left because of me really and i was like oh my gosh oh Uh, i was like just beat me with that waterworks yes i just felt like you know i wanted negan to like you know split my head open and end it you know in a painful way you know (laughs) What's the name of his bat? Uh, Lucille. <laughs> Lucille. Yeah, I wanted Negan to crack my head with Lucille on that one because, um, you know, and then we, we had this nice, I wouldn't say, not, well, it was a nice conversation, but, you know, they cried, I cried, we cried, you know. But he told, he came to me about it, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, you know, and I, I didn't know what to say. You know, except for I was very sick. Yeah. You know, that's why I went away. You know, I, I, you know, went away and then I had to really go away because, you know, Sally and I split, you know, and, and great portion of that, you know, you know, that was my fault, you know, you know, nothing's, you know, all one sided or whatever, but it was probably like 95 me, 5% her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So, um, um and and you know and that that just yeah. just the downward spiral that kept going worse and worse and worse and worse. You know? I think that you and it, I do the same thing. In a lot of situations, I think that you still um, take sometimes more of the blame than you should. Well, and it's it, it's hard. I mean, I I have the same problem. I also have the problem of sometimes I don't think clearly, which right now I'm not. But, <laughs> but well, I'm just, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little <laughs> slow. But yeah, you said ninety five five, and yeah, you know, there's there's times where, and this is me preaching back to you. Yeah. Um, that uh, it's a lesson that I learned from from my wife. Is that uh, no matter how bad of a person you might think you are, or no matter what trespasses that you have that you you've committed, yeah, everybody deserves a little grace. Sure. And we as human beings need to give those around us that don't even realize what they're doing a little bit a, a little bit more grace. Yeah. Well, and that's. And I don't want to like. I don't. No, I, you I have nobody all. to lecture you. But I'm <clears> saying <throat> I. I think you're too hard on yourself. I'm. I'm too hard on myself too. Well, I, and, and you're probably right. And uh, you know, maybe I take more blame or whatever. But I don't know, her side of it. 
yeah. don't know the other side. You so haven't here's seen the thing. It or talked it through. Uh, is it is it necessary at this point? She's taking a hundred percent credit or hundred percent responsibility for her side. I've taken a hundred percent responsibility yeah. for my side. Yeah, I guess I guess it's more of a uh, would be you know reopening a wound that we've touched. Really, you've moved past. Yeah, it. and we've yeah. touched on it a couple times. You know, mm-hmm. um, she has come to me saying, you know, maybe we should have you know relied on the Holy Spirit more than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're a fantastic human being. That's why it, well, it, I it, it hurt. It, it, thank you very much. Thank you very When when you talk about, it, I mean, I. I like I said, I couldn't think of anybody else that I'd want to do this project with. Well, I appreciate that. And just because I believe in that, you know, I believe in you, and I believe in you know what you've accomplished and what you the incredible mental strength and that 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 you've amassed. Well, is... and and the the th- well, I appreciate that very much. But um, credit on you know, I can take the credit for the work that I put in, yeah. but. Um, I can't take credit for too much of it because of the fact that I, I, all I did was listen. All I did was listen to people that have been there. You know, it, it's really not that much more difficult. And I see what you're saying. A lot of people say to me, oh, I can't believe, you know, Sean is a cancer. I was like, no, it's, it's my wife that deserves the credit because all I did was sit there and get poked and prodded and show up where I need to show up and magically, you know, cancer's gone and everything's cool. But... You know, she's the one that had to watch it happen and do all the machinations and actually take responsibility for situations that I didn't have to take. You understand? But did you? I do oh. understand because here you I are not giving there. yourself enough credit. Ah, yeah, I just sat there. But you, I mean, I don't ever recall you getting into the woe is me pity party aspect of anything. Not in public. Of course um, not. I mean, there's, so there's nights that I, I can't tell you how many times I... Actually, before the diagnosis, because that's where the most of the fear is. Mm-hmm. It's before you know, and we spent like two and a half months not knowing exactly until they gave us the wrong diagnosis, which was when somebody tells you it's not cancer and you you're not elated mm-hmm. by the. I knew something was wrong. I'd be like, no, this, this, this isn't gonna. I, I wasn't like, whoo, oh, man, dodged that bullet. Wow. Okay. Cool. It was, oh, I'm not comfortable with what Are you, you just sure? told me. Yeah. But yeah, that, that <clears throat> fear right there uh, is. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go. No, you're, you're fine because the, the fear is the reason why. And it's funny you bring that up is the fear is a reason why a lot of people don't do things. You can't move forward. Until you understand that part, see, I, it was like I was, oh, I was I was in line for the roller coaster for the diagnosis, uh-huh. and I was just scared of what's going to happen, and I don't know, and because I haven't ridden that roller coaster yet. Right. But as soon as they got the diagnosis, it's like they strapped you in, and at that point, all you can do is just hang on. Mm-hmm. It's, and at the end of the ride, you're like, huh, eh, I. I definitely say I don't want to ride that again. Right. <laughs> I'm not getting in line again for this shit. But sure. in the event that I that somebody put me back in line, I would I know how to act and I know to act differently, which is sure. not spending two and a half months um, you know, drinking thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of alcohol at different bars and things like that. And you know, the money you save alone 
mm-hmm. by not being a soak is amazing. Uh, well, I'm oh, sorry. Keep, keep... The thing is, is that <laughs> keep going. <laughs> the money you save alone. I mean, hell, I, I don't drink, money. kids. You'll get poor. That's right. <laughs> not that you'll get dead. You'll just be broke. I mean, and and here's another thing: is that you know I was making a decent wage bartending and everything else oh yeah i was broke as a joke at all times it's williamsburg you can you can pull down a really nice living just ask people like shannon keatley yes who or duffy (laughs) duffy bartends and has a you know has a shire yeah (laughs) that's right not even a house shire he's He's, got a shire he does he's like a damn hobbit he is a hot well he is only about five feet tall Mm mm-hmm He's um, going to love the fact that we uh, mentioned him, by the uh, way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Shout I mean, out to Duffy. To, you can't talk about Waynesburg in the bar scene without talking about uh, Duffy. Uh, we definitely the, won't say anything about Michael Joe, though. No. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, Fuck there's no, there's no. There's no reason to talk about Michael no, Joe. No, that guy. We won't talk about no, him. No, not even a little bit. No. Or, you know, Center Street Grill at all, which is one of the great... Great places to go and I eat would, and everything else. Yeah, I that you know we 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 wouldn't want to be the Center Street name. Yeah, we would not by mentioning Michael Joe. No, 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 we wouldn't not do that. Um, was just there yesterday. Me too. No, not yesterday. Was no, no, that, that, that's that yesterday. That that yeah. that guy. He he would not be named actually. He's that's when he told me that you he mean Michael Joe. In. That that guy. Yeah, we won't talk about it. Oh, I, stopped by, <laughs> <laughs> I stopped by and I, I I went to the mortgage guy and then I spent in in or you, you know that how much time you used to spend in bars. Yeah, yeah. I I spent that time instead of in the bar. I spent it in the comic book shop next door. I hadn't been to a comic book shop in years, but I've been watching. Uh, when I was in quarantine, I had comic book men on, binge watching that. Kevin Is that a Smith. History Channel thing or it's something? A, Kevin Smith owns a comic book shop in Red Bank, New Jersey, okay. and his friends run it. Okay. And it's kind of a reality show. It's like... Like Pawn Stars, but with... Pawn Stars with okay, comics. gotcha. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I went to the comic shop. I figured, you know, I haven't, I haven't read a comic book in 20 years at least. Right. Almost, probably 30 years. So, uh, I went in and I said, I'm going to buy a couple comic books. And so I spent an unbelievable, like to the point where the guy running the shop was kind of looking at me like, don't you have a home? <laughs> and, um, and what you don't get at the bar, yeah, this guy, you know, the, the comic book shop guy is, is going, hey, this guy's a dork <laughs> coming from the comic book shop guy. Right. And, uh, so I, I checked out of there, uh, and you know, and went over to center street to say hi. I mean, uh, and, uh. Saw MJ and Duff. and The guy who will be named later. Yes, the guy will be named later. I did not see Jax. You know, Jax still has a what, broken foot. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. I, I hope you feel better, Yes, Jax. Jax, I hope you feel better. Yep. And then uh, uh, we didn't see Eric. Yeah. I've, I've seen him a couple. He bought, actually bought a Christmas tree for me when I was doing Christmas tree sales with Zach. I saw, I, I saw him briefly. Jill and I ate dinner there Valentine's Day. We thought that... Our, our our thinking was one, oh my God, you know, Sean made dinner reservations for Valentine's Day, which the old me never would have thought of until <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day. Right. And so I made reservations, uh, and I I wanted to go someplace, you know, really uh, someplace really nice, someplace that would get value for our food, someplace that we'd be treated really well, and um, we'd been to. 
La Tienda, where mm-hmm. Joey and the teacher like to go a lot. Uh, we've been there a few times. You know she lately. has a name, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, I get a good story about that. <laughs> I don't know if we should tell it, but I get a good story about that. Yeah, maybe so, the next one. <laughs> but we went, uh, but I said, you know what, you know, look. We have to support local business, so I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna go to a chain restaurant for right. dinner, and uh, gotta support friends. And oh, they have great friends. Yeah, Michael and Jax and Eric and Duffy and the whole Center Street crew are uh, you know friends, and I know Greg. they're dear to you and me, Greg. Oh, God bless Greg. Um, so that uh, so that's where we had Valentine's Day dinner, and Eric was running around, so we did see him. As we walked in the door, mm-hmm. great dinner. Uh, bad night after that because I had red wine, and I figured out at this point red wine causes my Stephen Hawking style um, muscle Spaz- cramps that yeah. I have spasms that I have to, you know, my legs go like this, and I straighten them, and they, they cramp the other way. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think I've narrowed it down to red wine. Of course, I'm going to try white wine and see if that works. But I want to. I have to find out what I can and can't do. Right. And that's, that's a process. It's a learning process, you know, the whole thing. It's fun, know. though. But I you mean, did learn to, at adventure. least to make uh, reservations for Valentine's Day. That's one thing. The learned. new me. Yes. Give me. Give me one of them. Yeah, pound, for pound that. that shit out. Exactly. <laughs> so you found out that you could have died because of the decision... Not all the other decisions, but just the decision to detox without um, any kind of uh, medical supervision. Well, without any supervision. Not everybody needs to be medicated for their detoxification. Um, Mm -hmm. But you should get checked to see if that's the case, especially when it comes to alcohol and benzos. Yeah, um, did you do that at the healing place? Was there some sort of uh, when when somebody when somebody came in and you were like, oh, this guy is definitely going to oh, be yeah, medication. You turn them towards some place for medical help before they come in. It or? depends on what they're on. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes there would be. I mean, you can detox from heroin and cocaine and, and crack and everything else. And like I said, you'll feel like you want to die. I did yesterday. Yeah, see, and you felt yeah. like you wanted to die. I love the crack. Make the crack, sell the crack, do the crack. <laughs> so when you go through that, that's fine. And they have a, a non-medical detox facility. At least they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's There's been a revamping going on there, and I, I like all the changes. The program, core program is still there. It's all the peripheral things that go on, like the detoxification and everything else. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's when I was there, it was called the Detox Center. And, and if you were... High as gas, as they say. Hot. High as gas. High as gas. Um, or you're, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're wasted or whatever. Or if you're on, you know, what are you on? That sort of thing. What was your drug of choice? Well, it's that. Um, so you took everything in there, the healing place. It wasn't just alcohol. It was. Oh, actually, the funny thing was. out of the, crack. The, anything. Uh, but the funny thing was, is that out of the, the guys that, uh. There, there was only like three or four of us that were just stone cold. You just a drunk. Yeah. The rest of the guys were kind of envious. <laughs> That's it. You know. You're like, you, Everybody you, else you, is like, man, I was on five or six different things. So I there's like care. a hierarchy, and you, you were, you, you were the wise one. Oh, it was just alcohol. It was just alcohol. I'm not, I'm not a heroin addict like you. So you, did you? Well, there was some of that, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's like the but caste it was more system joking. in India. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a joking to... aspect. 
but do you need to go to the head? No, I'm good. Okay, good. <clears throat> there was a there was a joking aspect to that, you know. <laughs> but we all there for the same reason. It doesn't matter if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict. Yeah. The steps to come out of it are all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you're willing to put the work into, the results are going to be the same. Because the work you put in mm-hmm. is directly correlated to the results that you get. You know, if you put in a half-ass effort, you're going to get a half-ass result. If you put in a full effort, you're going to get full results. So the full effort and full results doesn't mean that it's always going to be good. That's another thing you have to understand. Whoa, so yeah, the you, full you effort me. that you put in yeah. could mean that it just gives you the confidence to do things. And it gives you then wisdom to understand what went wrong if it goes wrong. That it went wrong because of A, B, and C, not because it's the end of the damn world. You know, there's a very much of this or that when it comes to people in addiction. There's a whole bunch of people in that place, and, and every single one of them was really, really good at making really, really bad decisions. Really good at how making you, really bad decisions. How do you change that? That's the... The baby steps in the The knowledge. breaking the cycle and saying, and, and so when you make bad decisions, at least they don't lead to more bad and worse decisions. I mean, that's that's changing who you are at the fundamentally at the core. And that's the thing. Is, it, is that, That's what it is. That people don't understand and that. It's literally, I wasn't joking before, it's literally a life boot camp. Mm-hmm. You have to relearn how to live. Okay. You can't just, because you can't do the things that you used to do, because if you could do those, then you wouldn't be where you are. Yeah. You know, the things that I used to do got me into a homeless shelter at age 40. That's how great my decisions were. So do you still make bad decisions afterwards? Of course, we're human. Yeah. We're gloriously flawed. Yeah. But now, when you make a bad decision, you go, damn, that, that, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> at least you can recognize how wonderfully you, awful you and are. And you recognize it was a bad idea. Yeah. And you recognize, and then you want to... Or at least you should want to figure out why. Why was that a bad idea? Oh, because of A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. All right. Or if it's just because of A. There doesn't have to be three different things. It could be one thing. You know, whatever that lesson is, here's the lesson. Take the lesson. Forget the rest. There's a perspective that I wouldn't say. I mean, you, you, you always have to look at the positives that come from experience, any, any experience. And there's a perspective that you've developed that you are actually aware, and most people aren't. Like every, you know, we're looking out street on Main Street, people walking by, and uh, here, here from uh, and, and at the studios, and most people don't know what horribleness, as far as bad decisions and bad, um, you know, they, they don't know how. Their capabilities of being that bad or doing the, you know, you know, your full capabilities of fucking up. Yeah. And most people don't have that, that self-awareness and that self-awareness. I, I think, um, I think would you have it? I mean, that's worth its weight in gold. Yes. If you're carrying it on the other side and using it as a lesson. Well, the thing is, is that. If you put in the time and effort to learn, mm-hmm. to listen and learn, if you put in that time and effort on the time where you just blank slate everything, mm-hmm. but you have to make the decision that from age 
however long I've been making decisions on my own, five, mm-hmm. to 40, all of my decisions got me to this point. Okay? So, from this point forward, I have to make conscious effort to make different decisions, clearly. Or else I wouldn't be in this homeless shelter mm-hmm. with a 12-step program. But I can't do that unless I learn something. So I have to be patient. So now I sat there and told myself, I am going to take this next year mm-hmm. to relearn how to be a person mm-hmm. so that I can gain the next 30 years of life. Because if I went on the same path mm-hmm. of making those same decisions, fucking up, figuring it out, re-fucking up, and not learning a damn thing from all the screw-ups, clearly, because I was like, all right, if I stop drinking at six, by the time I check into the jail, you know, then Mm -hmm. I would be blowing zeros. Instead of going, how about you quit drinking, dumbass? (laughs) You know, those those are the kind of things that I see now, but I didn't know that until I made that one decision to go, you know what? This is my job i have two small children that i have to be there for the rest of their life their mother has said do what you have to do to make sure that you are good and don't worry about us or them Mm -hmm. god bless sally for that you know that's that's support that's support from somebody that i really fucked over yeah you know and you'll you'll the amount of apologies are the amount of apologies and and the amends and she and i've done the amends thing and and Mm -hmm. and god bless her God bless her for, for all the things that she put up with with me for she, all that time. She gave you a lot of grace. Well, she gave me a lot of, you know what? I want you to be the father to our children. Yeah. You know, so. But <clears throat> even if you don't get that support, that kind of support, I'm blessed to mm-hmm. have that, you know. Even if you don't get that, you still have to make that decision to go, I don't know shit. Yeah. I have to learn stuff. I have to learn how to be the person that I'm meant to be. You know, God didn't put me on this earth to be a shithole drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just not the case. Those are the results of my decisions. And the fact that I am relatively healthy after all that. Yeah. There's got to be a reason. This may be part of it. This may be it. Ta-da. I'm, you know, um, but I am going to sit here and I'm going to throw this message out there until, mm-hmm. you know, if one person says, you know what, hey, you know, it was that, that shit you said, you know, you really helped. You know, that's awesome. Thank you very much. I could die tomorrow. Because if you can help one person be a better person than they were yesterday, that's some good stuff. Or That's some really good stuff. Yeah, even just helping them learn or understand or find some sort of path or peace or put you know put showing somebody a path they don't even have to get on it but showing somebody Mm. a pathway well you can only show them the path you can i can you know you can only it's like you know i can lead a horse to water but i can't make him drink you're like this is the path give him some damn salt and he'll just get thirsty enough horses (laughs) like salt He has ways of making. They have ways of making you drink, drink the, the water. water. Um, the water? 
But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that that's just the thing. It's like, you know, I can show you the path that's over there and I'm going to walk with you, but I'm only going to walk at your pace. And I have to walk with you, not for you. Now, there are times that I'm going to throw you on my back for a few minutes. Sure. Absolutely. And a lot of those minutes come in the beginning, you know, but after a while, you're going to have to make the decision to do those things for yourself. And until you make the decision, you're still going to be stuck in that holding pattern. Like I said, doesn't matter the pace. Doesn't matter if you're slow, fast, or in between. As long as there's a pace. <laughs> you know, there has to be a pace. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's get to this. And this is, this is the question that we've, we've realized that we're flawed, yes. immensely flawed, that there's a serious problem, and that we need to ask for help for it. Mm-hmm. And once we get that help, um, and we've been, we've been with other people's help, we are lifted above, back above the fray, mm-hmm. and uh, are mm-hmm. and have the the basics of uh, you know the basic securities that we were talking about, which is uh, you know food, clothing, shelter. Um, you know, at that at that point, when we get when we get the hierarchy of needs met, and we get to the point uh, of being able, once those are met, man can man can look after what his purpose is. True. And here, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit, and uh, but what what have you found? What's what's and and you don't, I mean, you don't have to have an answer to this. You can say that. You know, I don't know where I'm looking for. I'm not going to put, I'm not even going to put words in your mouth. But um, have you found the point where you know what your purpose is? Or have you found it? I think so. I think I I I do. And Um, how did you find it? We're not going to ask what it is yet. Mm -hmm. I'd like. How did you find it? What what was what was the path, and where was there an aha moment, or is it an ongoing? What's what's? Could, I I have my own answers. Everybody has their own answers to this. That it that's, that it's somewhere in that has met the rest of the needs and are at that in the hierarchy of needs at the finding your purpose. The time ta- ah, okay so. It's it that's a several mm-hmm. folded question there, because uh, first of all, the security aspect is always an ongoing thing, so you have yeah. to understand that you have to keep that ongoing. Especially Doing what you during, have to do. especially during, during now these 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 last you know year of the whole world is uncertain and insecure. Right, food insecure, job insecure, job everything. Insecurity. Yeah. So. Um, there's not a whole lot of purpose seeking right now, but even though it's a perfect opportunity for people that do have those means, right. That are fortunate enough to have that security to be able to. And that's, that's, that's a great thing is, is that if you're fortunate enough to have the security, especially during this time, then you are a hell of a lot more fortunate than you understand. Yeah. And that is where 
I count my blessings every day because I know that that this is a weird situation for me to be able to survive both cancer and COVID so far without missing a mortgage payment, Mm -hmm. without being food insecure, Mm -hmm. being able to feed the children and, uh, you know, keep the cars running and things like that. Sure. I, I, it, I'm probably one in 10, one, you know, one in 20. Yeah. Very fortunate. Yeah. Well, that is fortunate. And, um, those of, those of us and I put myself in there because, mm-hmm. you know, my job situation has been very fluid and, and, and volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a, the, the best thing I can say to anybody that is, uh, going through, the layoffs and everything is to find something that you can do right now. You always have to do what you have to do, no matter what. You have to put food on your table. You have to put a roof over your head. It's Those a hard are, pill to swallow it for is a some hard people. Pill. It's some a people, very hard pill to swallow. I mean, you and I both know that at any given time, and we, we've we've probably both looked at said this in our minds here and there over the past twenty years is. No matter what happens, I can always make money. Yeah. There's a way to, I, I can figure out how to make, no matter what. I, sure. I, I have base, the basic skills of being knowing how to, you know, wait tables and use a cash register and all these things. I can talk to people. Done. I can, I can always put food on the table somehow right. if I absolutely have to. Well, um, here's a piece of advice that a young lady gave me back in the day when I was drinking. Um, She said to me, you're not willing to do the things necessary because you think that you're better than the jobs that are out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. But here it is 10 plus years later. Mm -hmm. And that small piece of advice Mm -hmm. is still there. Because you never know What's going to happen, but you always have to be willing to do what is necessary. So get off your fucking ego and go do what you got to do. I'll wash dishes tomorrow if I need to make my If I need to do it, that's what I'll do. And that's not a lowly job. In fact, I actually enjoy the dish pit at restaurants because nobody screws with you because nobody wants the job. Right. Exactly. I found found that out real quick. Everybody everybody loved me when I managed, well, they didn't love me when I managed the restaurant, but they loved the fact that I'd I'd jump in and, and work the dish pit. Yeah. Like, look at that guy. He gets his hands dirty as a manager. No, I just didn't want to. I, I knew shit was burning out front. <laughs> I knew that things were all screwed up. And so I went to the dish pit so I didn't have to talk to anybody, especially all the angry customers. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't the greatest at actually running restaurants. Well, <laughs> you can sit back it's and honest. think about it. But at the same time, what ha- what you know, you as a manager jumping in and doing the dishes, um, it makes it so where, as a leader, mm-hmm. you should never ask your people to do anything that you either haven't done or aren't willing to do yourself. You know, so say that again because I think that that's one of the most important lessons that people miss in life. As a leader, don't ever ask your people 
to do something that you, A, haven't already done yourself, or B, aren't willing to do yourself. Yep. So yep. you as a manager says, you know, hey, I need you to jump into the dish. What are they, and, you know, and they've never, they don't know if you've ever done it, this and that, mm-hmm. so show them, you know. Um, you know, my, my, <laughs> my second brother tells me the time that he had to dive the uh, sanitary tank of the submarine mm-hmm. because there's a clog or something going on with it. And he's like, fuck, I can't ask my guys to do that. Yeah. You know, I can't ask them to do that. So he went and did it himself. Um, so that, that, I mean, that shows an extraordinary amount of leadership. That's diving in sewage. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and he's, he likes to tell that story all the time, you know. Um, but you know what? At, at the same time. Your whole family was in the Navy, basically. Yeah. Which, which brother was this, John? Jim. Jim. Okay. Yes. John was the Admiral. Jim was the, um, uh, he's, you know, he does defense contracting now and, and very good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother Paul's a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my sisters uh, raised their, their wonderful families. You know, they've got a gaggle of, of kids apiece and uh, all of their, you know, you're, you're a product of your children is sometimes what it says. And, you know, they've <laughs> got, you know, five between the two of them and, and their kids are, are, you know, very well doing very well and they're good people you know yeah. what i'm saying that's when you've done a good so job that's when you know parent. that they've done a good job as a parent um <clears throat> so you got a fantastic family i, I mean i don't I, I don't know i just stories and following some of them and yeah, yeah they and are really... they are an amazing group of people um and i don't think I, I would uh i don't think i would be where i am right now if it wasn't for their love and support you know, they're part of the team that yeah. got me to where I am. You know? Well, and Google Maps today. And, and the Google Maps. Well, Google Maps got me here. Yeah. You know. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Not Google Maps. Actually, Google Maps sucks. Yeah. You I use Waze. Serious? Your Waze? Waze okay. is fantastic. Google yeah, Maps is, the cops is garbage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but Google Maps one time got me. It kind of gets you close. You know, I remember trying to get somewhere and it said that I am now passing my destination as I'm on 64 mm-hmm. doing 65 miles an hour. Oh, got you near it. Yeah, got me near it, but you know. So I went for I went to ways after that. But oh. <clears throat> so basically, uh, yes, that my family is part of the team that uh, that got me to where I am. And, and throughout the process, while I'm going through the the, the healing place, my brothers um, and my dad would come down once a month or so mm-hmm. and drive down from Northern Virginia to Richmond, and and um, we would have lunch, and and they would check in on me, and. Uh, um, and, and that, that was good to know, you know, mm-hmm. it was good to know that they're keeping their distance because I was an ass, um, but they're still in my corner, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, if you ever, you know, say you would talking to you, you know, we're going through that and you were a jackass to me and whatever, I'd always let you know, you know, that I'm in your corner, um, you know, but I'm pissed at you right yeah. now. So it's like, you're fucking up. You're fucking up. I love you, but Yeah. And so, um, it was, it was nice to, to know that they, they were kind of looking in, you know, mm-hmm. and part of that was, was checking up to make yeah. sure that I was doing all the right things. But when you're doing it right and you're learning and you're, you're, you're putting into action what you've learned, I don't have to tell anybody anything. So I didn't, you know, over the time, I don't have to tell anybody anything. They just notice. Words are cheap. Words are words suck. Words are cheap as shit. They're not worth anything. Well, no, they are worth 
uh, sponsorship money here on uh, Forces of Nature. They are definitely. They are we, there's plenty of words there, but there plenty of those it, words that we will speak if you're, you know, if you're interested in some spots. Absolutely, but well, that was in, in general, I know. But <laughs> wor- words, wor- wor- but yeah, your your actions speak loud, and they don't need to hear you say all no. the wonderful things that you've done because you're comfortable in yourself and you know you're working the program. Right, and, and not only that, but nor should you, you know, don't toot your own. Yeah. You know, just don't do it. It's, 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 uh, it's tacky, as my mother used to say. Don't be tacky. Yeah. You know, don't toot your own horn. You know, everybody gets it. You're pretty cool. You're pretty awesome. Don't tell me. I've guess. heard. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it. But, <laughs> um, but like my mother used to say, don't be tacky about it. Yeah. You know, nobody needs to hear about your, your accolades. Mm-hmm. They know your accolades by the results of what you've done. You don't need to toot your own horn. You know, God doesn't like a bragger. Yeah. But God does like people that tell us what the, you know, when they found their purpose. Right. And the find uh, the fact of the matter is, <laughs> is that, you know, finding that purpose, um, you, you, um, it may take some time, you know, it, it yeah. took a little time. I, I, I was. You like what I did there. Yeah. I like no, that. I, I, it, it was, that was poor. No, that was alright. Yeah. Well, still learning. We'll learn. We're yeah. learning. It's a good thing. These, you know, everybody out there, all five people that are going to be listening, are going to uh, are going to go through the process with us. I'm, 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 I'm betting we'll get at least six. Okay, I like your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, when you find out your purpose, um, to get to that point to mm-hmm. where you can do it. All the time, yeah. You have to do it on the periphery of, because you always have to do what you have to do yeah. before you can do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, Clean it's like that before you. Oh go my god! Play. It's like that Super Bowl commercial that everybody was bitching about. You know, going to work, you know, nine to five, and then going home and doing the things that you love and, and building that on the side. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Well, I don't blame you. I don't know. But everybody was bitching about this commercial because, and I'm sitting there going, "What do you mean you're?" That's that's what you're supposed to do. So t- wait, wait, go back and tell me the so, commercial. I don't know. I, need... I think it was it was a website commercial. Okay. You know, how to build a website, you know, and they're talking, you know, showing people that are, you know, doing their workout stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. they leave work and then they go and do these things like they're little, what they called side hustles nowadays. Ah, uh, you know okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so got it. Everybody has hustle. a side hustle. Yeah. yeah. So, but a lot of people's side hustle is really their passion. Yeah. You know, I'm very passionate about whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that unless you have a financial backing to begin with. Yeah. You can't jump in with both feet without a plan. And you can't quit your job to go do what you love if it's going to put your security in jeopardy. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. You got to do what you got to do in the meantime while you're doing what you love to do until what you love to do. You can do all the time. And that's a lot of do's, but you understand what I'm saying. I am. Um, and that's the key. So I did not want to go through that process at 40 years old. No. No, no, no. But, but I had to do what I had to do to be able to do what I want to do. That was part of it. That was step one. Mm-hmm. Do that year. Do that year. Learn how to be a person. Mm-hmm. Now, take that knowledge that you learned there, the beginning of the path. It's like 
You've seen The Wizard of Oz, right? Everybody's yes. seen The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, definitely. So yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. The and you monkeys and the short flying guys. Flying monkeys that scare the, the shit out of the little kids. Yeah, you know, yeah, it scared the crap yeah, out of me. Yeah. I didn't like the The marginally monkeys. attractive green lady. and Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, she, take all the makeup off. She was actually a pretty, very pretty woman. But yeah, Like Joy Behar. <laughs> Man, you just took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> She's such a turd. She is such a turd. Anyway, um... So she started the, the Yellow Brick Road, uh-huh. and, and she actually starts at the very beginning, and she works walks yeah, around in that spinny, circle. Yeah. So she's like, you got to start at the beginning. So that that was that was the thing that got to me. I was just like, holy shit, you have to start at the beginning, and in the beginning, it feels like you're just walking around in circles. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing when you're walking around in those circles that the Wizard of Oz or that Dorothy did at the beginning. She's building that momentum to kick her on down the yellow brick road. You gotta pay your dues. So you gotta pay your dues. You have to learn how to walk the steps of wherever you're going to be able to get it done properly when you're off on your own. So right there in the little comfort area of learning this and this and that and trial and error where you can fall and you can be like, okay, well, the path is still right here in front of me, Yeah. you know? Whereas if you fall off the path further on down the road because you missed something in the beginning, that could take you off into a tangent. So in the beginning is where you want to learn all that stuff. You Mm -hmm. want to learn that, you know, as you're walking around in that circle and you feel like you're walking around in circles and not making any headway, you're actually making headway when you're beginning on and learning all this knowledge of what you think you want to do, making your plan, making your plan Mm -hmm. to move forward on down the road. But in the beginning, what are you doing? You're doing what you will have to do alongside of what you want to do before you can do what you want to do. Don't you get it? I do. Got it. So that was the, the beginning path was that I didn't want to have to do that first year, but I did. Yeah. You have to do it. You have to. You always have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You have to provide for your family. You have to provide for yourself in that order. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you are a, 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 you know, a man or a woman, you know, your family comes before you. Unless uh, the masks drop on the flight, then you have to put yours on before you assist the person next yeah. to you. But other than that. Yes. Well, you can't. No, but I'm what I'm saying you. is. I, that, I understand. You, you have <clears throat> responsibility. We do, have responsibilities you have to, to those around me. You have to fulfill me, your responsibilities. To those, you and your wife have responsibilities to your children. Yeah. We're responsible. Uh, and if they turn out to be assholes, that's on you. Yeah, every day. That, yeah, and every day. They, <laughs> if they don't turn out to be assholes, it's definitely not on me. Though. That's Jill's idea. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's totally all Jill. Jill. Yeah. But you know, as long as they, you know, they wake up every day, that's a fucking win. Yeah, we kept we, we kept two human beings are priceless. Yes, e- even though there's billions of them. There's, uh, you know, the cheapest ones are the Chinese because there's more of those than anybody else. But um, there's, but human beings themselves, you know, judging by how much time you get by killing one of them, is, um, you know, human beings are pretty damn priceless. And we, we keep two of them alive every day. Yes. Well, I mean. Big old pat on the back. Yes. you can, I mean, everyone says, you know, um, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just make another one, you know. But, <laughs> but it does because no... You know, each individual human being has something to offer. Yeah. And their, their story is just as important as somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And a lot of times what happens is that you see these people acting like dicks and assholes. And mm. it could be, you ever thought that maybe they're lost or Man. something's going on. So I was like, oh, that guy's a jerk. You don't want to talk to him. Of course I want to talk to him because there's probably a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, when you ask somebody, how's it going? And they're shocked that you're standing there waiting for an answer. Yeah. You know, how many people are like, hey, how's it going? Oh, good. All right. How's it going? Oh, good. Liar. <laughs> what, what's, what's really going on? Oh, well, you know, that extra beat could get something that gets the, something off their chest that they're going to have a better day. You know, you know, Mother Teresa said, people should always leave you better than when they arrived. And she's right. She's I right. Like that. You know, if somebody comes into your life and they're worse than when they were before, then you need to fix something about you. Yeah. Because you're the poison. You know, it's like, you know, you're having a bad day. Have you ever thought that you're having a bad day because you're the asshole? You know, we need to take personal responsibility. So if you don't take the personal responsibility to be better than you were yesterday, then you're still in that holding pattern. You're account- you know? you got to be accountable to yourself. you got to be accountable to yourself. You. And, in, and in today's day and age, it seems to be that we've evolved into the fact that it's always somebody else's fault. No, fuck you. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. You're the reason why your life sucks. Yeah. I mean, we had the conversation I don't want to get into on this about this snowball effect that's happened over the last however many months, you know, and it's like, was that my fault? Yes. Because of something that went on 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. that part of my mountain yep. that I'm still dealing with. Caught up with you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be an ongoing thing for the next couple of years, but... You know, the, the work put in between point A and point B that I'm at, you know, as point B being right here is talking to you, has allowed me to to, to, to rationally deal with it. You mm-hmm. know, instead of just, you know, the knee-jerk reaction or saying, oh, it's because, you know, God fucking hates me. Uh, or gov- God, yeah, government's God, just, everybody's against you know, me. Yeah, everybody hates me. I just got to go sit in the corner and eat worms, you know. <laughs> And, and that's just not the case. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with the, the wreckage of my past, as the big book says, of Alcoholics Anonymous, and you have to deal with it. You just have to. There's nothing, you know, your action, you or where you are now is a conglomerate or is a, a sum of your actions over the next however, the past however many years. You know, that's, that's why you are where you are. You know, I am here in front of you because of the actions that I put in X amount of years ago. This was, if I was still drinking, you wouldn't have offered me this. I, I yeah, I would. Cause I would. There was. I have nothing. To, I had nothing to offer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Well, I was in a holding pattern. It wouldn't be. I would have been way too. It wouldn't make sense. So. And no, it yeah, wouldn't make it, sense. It, it 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 just wouldn't make sense. Somebody that hasn't. And and it's selfish. Not selfish of me. It was. Uh, it's calculating, of me to, find somebody that has is interesting and has endured and has personal strength and you know that's surround yourself with interesting people well yeah Yeah. well i mean no i mean if you have if there's always something to everybody has a story i shouldn't say that i wouldn't have been helpful i wouldn't have been as helpful it would it would have been fun i mean there's plenty there's plenty of people that i could have we could have brought in here and and said hey do you want to spend the next couple years working on this project with me because you know this is what i want to accomplish and right you know i 
oh yeah sure and but you know oh, yeah, i can't make it next week you know I'm, oh, oh man we're all going down to so-and-so next week and uh, oh sorry i started really early this morning and uh yeah yeah i know i, I i've done it myself sure so have i so. you know any times that i've been you know the grandiose excuse not to do something when the real excuse is just because i wanted to go have a drink instead mm-hmm. at the same bar with the same people that I saw every fucking day because I was partying the every day. I was drinking every day. Same thing. Over <clears throat> and over right. and over again. Right. Get you the same results. And so at some point, it's just not fun anymore because the people you're talking to are stuck in the same holding pattern as you. And it's the same story. There's nothing new. There's nothing interesting. Sorry. No, you're absolutely um, right, and that's the thing is that once, you know, you have to, <clears throat> you have to make the turn out of the holding pattern, mm-hmm. and at some point, or else you're just doing, you're not doing anything. You're just doing. So, Tuck Tuck Studios, the Forces of Nature podcast, the uh, the Tuck Tuck Studios presents the uh, desire in me that. I don't know where it came from, but to roll over one uh, one night a few weeks ago to my wife and say, I, I, I'm going to buy a tuk-tuk this summer. She kind of looked at me. I said, you know, those little Indian cars with the three wheels and they, you know, that spurt, that spout uh, pollution all over the place and are brightly colored. They, oh, and she said, okay. I mean, all, all these things. Um <laughs> Of course you are, dear. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she just said, oh, okay, whatever. But uh, that's, you know, that's that's what's kind of, that's my left turn. That's what's, I, I, I work. I, I actually uh, love my job and the people that I work with. And that's, I'm very fortunate there. Mm-hmm. And I'm treated very well. And then I have this to, um, to play with. And sure. this is, this is the project. This is the fun. This is the. This and is I, the what you want to do. Well, I, and I thought it was going to be the. Well, I mean, there, it's still the means to the end, but I found a lot of, you know, passion and fun in this. Sure, this is cool. No, it really is. And and the thing is, is is the wonderful world of the internet and the <laughs> technology that everybody uses to bash one political person or another oh or be God. some sort of dickwad it's because you, it's because nobody gets punched in the face for what they say anymore well yeah exactly so why don't we not you know using what somebody created yeah. to for something that's more than just you know talking shit i mean it's, yeah. it's like you know facebook is so i mean even my children don't mm-hmm. use facebook because it's so boring and they're like it's the same dumb shit over and over yep. again is bashing one political person or another or some this or that. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you were wise behind my years. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't. It's just a negative place. And the un- unfortunate, it could be so much better. But the if fact you, of the matter is, is that it just doesn't end up that way. If you snooze the people that have those kind of messages and click on, it's just like, uh, if if you go on YouTube and all you search for is cats and cat videos, 
YouTube will eventually only suggest cat videos. Yeah. And you will only get cat videos. Yeah. And I've, I've done the experience uh, experiment with Facebook, and the only thing that I uh, click on is uh, occasionally a Ben Shapiro. Uh, I, I just find that guy is just, what, what, what did they call him? Weaponized autism. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the republic the, the conservatives have weaponized autism in, in ben shapiro and he's and he embraces it but um you know occasionally i'll click on one of those because i find his arguments fascinating well ben shapiro embraces it because he hasn't lost a sense of humor exactly and he, he's a real person i mean he's real meaning is like oh he's real life but no he is he he admits when he's wrong yeah and that's uh, that's one of the things that's but come on the rest of them are, oh come on man Admit but the rest of wrong. them jeez but everything else that i get i've snoozed all these other people and all their po- politics and all that um occasionally i'll i'll comment on one and try to make it you know, funny or something but um for the most part i've gotten it down to people's pictures of their kids and pictures yeah. of of People having fun, and but you just have to be disciplined about it. And when you see that one thing that you really want to comment on, like, like I, I couldn't resist the other day of going on Governor Cuomo's page, and he had posted, uh, he posted wear your mask, and I said I could wear three masks and still smell your bullshit, Governor. Mm. <laughs> and, and and that got a lot of likes, but uh, you know that that and five dollars gets me. Uh, gets me a foot long sub so i need to resist that yeah. i need to be more positive i need yeah. to be stay above the fray because yeah. the more of us that back off step back and observe and are self-aware we have to develop self-awareness and and accountability but the the, the more of us that step back and do that the 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 quicker our country will heal. Sure. You and don't the, have, the quicker I mean, I'll yeah. heal yeah. mentally and well, you'll heal. <clears throat> if each individual does that and, and sits back and takes their own, the responsibility for where their life is going and where it's been, oh, yeah. then um, we're, we're all going to be a better place, you know, instead of, um, you know, it's like I saw this one, uh, the Babylon Bee is one of the best things out there. Isn't that it's funny? Hysterical. But so much of it is just, it's funny because it's so it's common sense wise that you're like, geez, you know, it's, I think one of them said, you know, here it is 2021. And, you know, we all thought we'd have flying cars, but instead we're offended by the fact that a plastic potato has a gender. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, where did that come from? That's what I don't understand. But that's neither here nor there. Completely different time. We can talk about that than this one, but it all, it all gems back to, um, to personal responsibility, like you yep. said. And as long as we can start, to, and that was another thing that developed during the process of my recovery, was I started to own up to my own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's very empowering to do that. You know, it's like I need more of that. Much. I mean, well, yeah, you do. I am um, a salesman, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't get rid of all of it because no, people have to, to buy be, from I, me. Exactly. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is, is that um, it's there's a lot of people out there not willing to own their own shit you yeah. know um i'm perfect just ask me yeah you know and you know it's like my mother said don't be techie yeah. um 
because no, you're not perfect because nobody's perfect. Hey, you, know, you fucked up. Go, you trusted me. Yeah, you <laughs> fucked up, dumbass. Stop trusting. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's people's word used to be their bond. Yeah. You know, and I think the world can get back to that. If you just do what you say. If you just do what the hell you say you're going to do. Yeah. You know, I don't expect any single solitary person to ever do what they Unless I, if I don't know you. Yeah. I immediately don't trust you. And that's sad. That's very sad. Yeah. You know, um, but if I do know you, then I know that you'll do, you'll do the right thing. You know, I know you. So if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. You know, our friends. You know, if they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it. Eventually, some of them, but they eventually it's better than never, you know. Yeah. And they get that grace period, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if you're in the political ring, I immediately, I don't trust any of them. Oh, no. You know, no, because I don't they, think, I don't they'll think. They'll say anything. They'll say anything to get elected, you know. And another topic for another one. Yeah. That, but it goes back to personal responsibility. Yeah. And, um, t- if you say you're going to do it, do it. It's really that simple. I yeah. tell my children that. I was like, you're going to make mistakes. I was like, but don't ever lie. Because your word is the strongest thing you could ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just tell the truth, A, you don't have to remember anything. But B, you don't know the reaction of the other person. You know, they're teenagers. They're going to lie to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, but don't lie to me. Because you don't know my reaction. If you lie to me, you are going to know my reaction. Yeah. Because then it's going to be twice as hard. Because now you lied to me, and now I'm pissed off that you lied, and pissed off that you did this. Where if you just came to me and said, you know, A, A, this happened. Like, okay, well, let's work through it, you know? My kids get from me more of the, after I know they lied. I don't even get mad. I just got... You know, now I'm just going to have to follow up behind you because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, I, I can't trust you. Yeah. You know, I'm so, just and when, then, I, instead of asking you if you did this, now I'm going to ask you if you did your homework and check behind you. Right. And make sure instead of just, did you do it? Yes, it's done. And until we get a few of, well, yeah, you did say it's done and it is done. Until we get a few of those, then you got to earn that trust back. Sure. And the thing about the recovery process that I went through Mm -hmm. said nobody trusted me my word was in the dirt beyond dirt you know it was in the mud it had to be my word had to go from mud to dirt to reliable (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 a long that's a long process but you know what I that was the sum of my actions leading up to that point and one of the things you had to understand and I had to understand I had to understand and accept. So you can understand, but not accept. But mm-hmm. you have to understand and accept the fact that I can't tell somebody I'm going to do something and they were going to believe me yeah. until they trust and verify. And it's not their fault. They're not being an asshole for the most part. You know, no. sometimes, you know, people are just assholes, but they're, it's, it's, it, it's not their fault that they... Right. Don't it's my fault you. that they don't trust yeah. me. So That's it's my fault they right don't there. trust me because I wasn't being accountable for my own actions. I wasn't holding myself to my word as my word as my bond. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. You know, I went from a handshake to now I need seven lawyers to get something done. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that is a societal problem. 
but that can, societal problem can be changed if each person individually took a little time to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is going to work with you, and you need to understand that, but not everything is horrible either. And not everything is somebody else's fault. That's the problem right there. Right there. So, well, This has one been one hell of a first day, huh? It has. It what do has. you think? I'm uh I'm pleased. I'm 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 and I hope our sponsors, uh Jill Dalton Concierge Vacation Planner at Storybrook Jill at Storybrookworldtravel.com as well as uh Richardson's Handy are very happy with uh, the product that we put out. I think it's gonna be a fantastic product. And uh I'm very, very much looking forward to working more and doing more and uh having somebody else to talk to besides you and me. Because there's so many people out there that have so much to offer. And that way we can get them on here. We can talk to them about it. They yeah. can offer their knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that way somebody else is going to be better off and wiser the further on down the road. Well, I've got some interesting people that I want to talk to. One of them coming up is uh, is uh, Coach Kenny Holloway from uh, 757 Next Level Fitness. Nice. And he is uh, you know, he's just a fantastic human being. He he takes kids uh, and works on their, uh, you know, their mind and their, and their body. He takes, uh, he, he, he likes to say that he takes uh, bench warmer, warmers and turns them into starters. Yeah. And so we'll have him on uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, also looking at, uh, first of all, uh, a little, uh, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to Randall Plaxa and, uh, and his father, um, Nikki, Mike uh, is going into hospice, and you know Randall is dealing with that, and uh, try and so. Uh, but eventually, I'd like to sit down and and talk to Randall because he's had a a fantastic, uh, least strange life, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's he's well known. So, uh, I, but uh, there's there's such a long list of people uh, looking at. Uh, People like uh, uh, Henry and Jade from the prescription shop in Williamsburg, uh, Chef Odai Fields uh, from uh, from Doses of Dolce. Uh, he's just a master chocolatier, and he's he's mm. he's all these people are just examples of people um, that that found their passion in life and found what they love and have been able to move down that path. Uh, whether it's full time as or doing it as their uh, as their passion play to you know that's that's how they fill up the rest of their life mm-hmm. uh, after they after they get off work so um, yeah I'm just hoping that the rest of the, the rest of the time is going to be uh, the rest of the conversations are half as interesting as the time we've spent together today yeah. and uh, you know you are our engineer <laughs> and producer and we'll be we'll be here uh each uh each episode also so less and, talkative next time though i <laughs> swear i promise i'm not gonna talk you off <laughs> we'll have um we'll have some information on the website eventually uh com on how to rent uh studio time and produce your own podcast. Uh, we, we have production services as well as uh, music uh, score services. Uh, so you can have an original score written 
uh, as part of our, our podcast production. Um, you know, we have music in that too. So, yeah, we so have, we'll we have, have kind of, yeah. and I'm sure that this one will, uh, will be posted without music because we're still working with Talmadge Bullock to, uh, to get this first one done, to, to, to get our score done. But uh, as soon as it's done, it will it will be the intro and outro to Forces of Nature. So uh, <clears throat> we're also going to have our emails set up. So if you have any questions you want us to answer or anything like that, you can email us. We'll at, have that uh, up. Uh, oh, it's that's uh, Aloha at uh, TuckTuckStudios.com. There you go. Aloha at TuckTuckStudios.com. You can send in that email. Well, if you have any questions or whatever or, or uh, topic idea or you know hey i've done this you know then what you uh, thought just, about the show yeah. um we're uh, you know aloha means hello it means goodbye it means i love you and uh that's that's our message to uh everybody today that's so, right mahalo mahalo <laughs> <laughs> see my sister-in-law is she's hawaiian so she gets all this so. I, I love it but, well uh, from well, Tuck Tuck Studios, I'm uh, Sean Dalton. And I am Bucky the Engineer. <laughs> Aloha. Ah, uh, mahalo. <laughs>